0: All right, what is up, Gypsy Gang? Uh, We are back for another episode of the podcast. Uh, Just want to give a quick shout out, as always, to our awesome sponsors. Uh, Firstly, a big uh, thank you to the guys at Nobby Underwear. Uh, You can head to nobbyunderwear.com.au and you can join the Undie Club for just $20 a month. Um, I talk about it all the time. I'm a massive fan and I just got my new uh, Nobbies in the mail yesterday uh, every month it's like a new design and it's it's not the same style either which is like one of the things that I like the most um, a lot of variety and I sort of had like a bit of a moment the other day like I was going to training and I was just putting on my white gi very plain very boring and I took some solace in the fact that I knew that I had some uh, pretty larry loud out there undies going on underneath so even though I was forced to just wear uh tidy whitey pajamas while I trained jujitsu. Um I was able to feel like I still at least look cool. Um even though it wasn't wasn't on the outside, it was just on the inside. Um but yeah so uh the quality is insane. Um we've had a, a ton of people now that have joined um and it's really cool the the conversations that I do get going of people that will uh, DM me on Instagram and be like dude I got the undies and I just wanted to get them to support the show, but they are like really as good as you say, uh, which is that's best case scenario for me doing the whole advertising thing, uh, here on the podcast. Uh, secondly, I just want to give a huge shout out to the guys at boost mobile, uh, boost.com.au is where you are going to go. Uh, and you're going to look at their awesome, uh, plans. They've just released a new plan, uh, which is like a 12 month thing um so you can get like a six month or a 12 month which means like if you're an international traveler um you don't lose your prepaid number after a couple of months and then you've got to kind of start the process over again uh, so that's something that i wish i did when i was living in the us because i used to come back and forward all the time uh, and it felt like i was having to go and get a new number every single time i uh, come into the country got super frustrating um So these new 12-month plans are awesome. Uh, Or if you've got kids, you don't want to be doing the recharge thing every month. Uh, They still come with Boost uh, trademark ridiculous amount of data. Um, And again, it's on the full 4G Telstra network. So you're not going to have any coverage issues. Uh, So yeah, BoostMobile.com. Uh, sorry, at boost.com.au uh, and then at boostoz on the gram. Uh, it's at Nobby Underwear on the gram as well. You give those guys a follow. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, it's my guest today is a good friend of mine by the name of Ryan Gambon. Um, I've known Ryan a couple of years now. actually met him through Sam. Um, he's a strength and conditioning coach um, at KDV Sport here on the Gold Coast, but he's also an Olympian. Um went to the Olympics in uh, Beijing to represent Malta. And in doing so, he became the first Maltese Olympian ever. Um, it's a really, really, really cool story. Um, I actually had Ryan on the podcast a couple months ago, uh, and then we had some problems with the video file. Uh, the audio was all there and everything, but with the video wasn't. I was like, oh, I just I don't want to put it out, not 100%, so let's do it again. Uh, I'm glad we did it again because... i I left that last one with like i wish i said this i wish i asked this i wish i asked that um i think i was a little bit more thorough this time with the olympic stuff um so i'm i'm really glad that uh ryan made the time to come on again um his training views his diet views there's there's a lot of info in uh in this podcast and i'm really really glad that uh ryan made the time to do uh a 1.2 episode with us um so yeah no more of me talking uh gypsy tales featuring ryan gambin when you've got your headphones on mate we'll um hook in ryan gambin is back for part two of his <laughs> gypsy tales podcast because there's like there was just some weird technical error that happened with the um the video camera just like i was saying just what like, wouldn't sync up yeah but technically everything was right so i just was. Well, i'm like well i don't know how to fix this now like so all the shit again. that could be wrong uh that could be wrong isn't wrong but it's not working so i was like i don't know what the fuck to do so anyway we got you back for round two um of uh your podcast which 1. 1.2 one 1.1 point 1. i don't know what 2. yeah i don't know what we'd even call it but it's like well we got to have a we did a pre-podcast that we didn't record essentially we had the heat well the audio is there too but like i could have put it out with the audio um but i was like nah you're too good looking of a dude Thanks, man. <laughs> get in the video, um, but yeah. So Ryan is a strength and conditioning coach at KDB Sports here on the Goldie, uh, mm. and also a Olympic a former Olympic swimmer. Um, so for a lot of people, that comes as a surprise with your build and yeah. your the tattooed nature of yourself. Yeah, it's a common occurrence where
1: uh, people might see the Olympic rings that I have tattooed on my back Mm. and then they'll just make an assumption that it was like wrestling or or weightlifting or something and then they think I'm stitching them up if I tell them that I went for swimming. But um, I guess it was swimming because it's such a solid work ethic that comes with being a swimmer. Um, I think that's the reason why I, I got to build the physique that I built because it was the same kind of work ethic that i had from training you know two times a day two to three hours a session um and just that grind so it wasn't much for me to just channel that energy back into the gym and then start you know when i first got into the gym i think like a lot of people you know you you see bigger guys and go oh man i just i want to get bigger um and that was my initial kind of thing with the gym i'm like oh cool i want it to look like i go to the gym you know like that was my remember that was like my initial goal i just wanted it wanted to look like I went to the gym because I was obviously like an 80, 85 kilo swimmer physique. Um, and then I guess just my work ethic and my, my sort of grinding mentality just you know helped me train and, and channel that energy into training in the gym. But uh, physique sort of training has never ticked the box for me completely mm. you know like i i always had that eth- athletic nature in me so and i guess that resonates in my training style particularly these days where uh, i don't get that sense of achievement just from pumping up the guns you know like i, I want to still be able to perform really well
0: mm. yeah and you can see that for anyone that follows you on instagram it's very you look like more of a dude that's training for like a strongman competition than a guy that's training for uh, like just to look good Yeah Well In my mind You know what
1: One of the, one of my favourite quotes uh, When I went And I was sort of Doing my research On CrossFit Back in the days You know Like I don't yeah. like I don't like to make An opinion on anything Until I'm educated on it So you know When CrossFit first came out The industry norm Was kind of like The bodybuilding style Of training Yeah And everyone was really Or sorry My crowd that I was with Was really sort of Resistant against The CrossFit thing You know yeah. Um, but then I decide I'll, I'll, go do the course. So I'll learn a little bit more about it. And, uh, one of the guys there, I said to him, I said, so, you know, why do you train like this? Like, why do you do CrossFit? And his answer was, I just want to be harder to kill. That's pretty sick, and I was like, you know what? No, I like that answer. So makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And I, I kind of give the example of you know like bodybuilders doing um, pull ups. Yeah, you know, so bodybuilders will do pull ups to engage the lats and make sure they're using their back to squeeze out the muscle, you know, and feel the lats. Where crossfitters will do a kip and, and use momentum to help them get up. And bodybuilders will go, oh no, that's cheating. That's not how you do a pull up. You know, uh, you're not yeah. you're not engaging your lats. Um, but a crossfit all go. I don't give a fuck, man. I'm just in my head. I'm training to get up. Yeah. So if I had it, you know, in the real world, if I had a dog chasing me or something, I've got to run away for something and pull up. I'm not going to do a strict pull up. I'm actually going to get yeah. up. And uh, I kind of meshed both mentalities, and I just do whatever I feel like. You know, I like being. I obviously like being big and strong, but I I really get that sense of achievement out of
0: being athletic as well. Is there like I've never been a dude that's been like big or strong, really. And I've I like, I've often wondered When I look at a dude like you Like you're a big fucking dude You're a powerful dude Like is day-to-day life different From when you're a sweat? In, in terms of nah, like yeah. You know what I mean Like even opening a fucking van door Like the <laughs> shit that is like It's not heavy to me But I'm sure to you it doesn't even feel like anything. I've always wondered that.
1: Well, I don't know, man. Because I, uh, you know, I've only got me to compare it to. So yeah, but it's when like, you
0: were like a swimmer, like eighty-eight
1: kilos, it well, would have been different, right? Well, what, the thing that comes to my mind is when. See, currently I'm I'm 120 kilos, and yeah. I'm 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 happy with my physique. I'm happy with my weight. I'm happy with the way that I move. Um, when I was doing more MMA and and jujitsu, um, I and I was competing. I got up to 132 kilos and I thought I was big and muscly, but now I look back and I was pretty fat. So uh, I remember those days, like 132 kilos is pretty big. Yeah, and um, like I would struggle to put on my shoes and stuff like that. Really? So I'm not interested in getting back to that sort of stage again. I've got a little goal with myself. I don't let my, my waist, I wear 36 um, inch mm. pants or size 36 pants. So I make sure that they're never tight. <laughs> and then that's how I kind of keep myself in
0: check. But it must there must be some stuff that's like, you'd even notice that it's like way easier for you to do something than other people
1: yeah um i i mean i it's hard to sort of compare myself to anyone else because i live in my own body but i'll tell you what pisses me off is uh when you know if i sell something on gumtree yeah um you know i'll sell like a table and they fucking look at me and they go oh sweet you'll be able to help us Uh, and they're like oh you're big and strong and i'm like oh dude i'm big and strong because i train when i train
0: and then I rest. And when I, rest I rest
1: when I rest. So good luck to you, champ. I actually, these poor bastards, man, I had oh my God. I had um Atlas stones. Do you know what Atlas stones are? No. Nah. So big concrete balls. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. dude, they went from uh like f- probably 15 to 20 kilos. So a small one, just solid concrete stones, yeah. round stones. And uh because I had the molds. Mm. So and then we poured the concrete into the molds and we made Probably there would be, I think there was 13 or 14 of them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it started at 20 kilos and went all the way to 130 kilos. Wow. And uh, if you know where, like my house, it's there's no entry to the backyard where you can take a car. So these poor bastards had to pick them all up. And it was true. I'm not lying in case they're listening. I did have a back injury at the time. And I'm like, boys, you're oh, on yeah, your yeah. own um best of luck and uh they were smart they went and got a towel and um they they rolled the atlas stones on the towel and then they both carried the uh, towel um but i was like man and but people do that to me all the
0: time if i'm selling like tables or chairs or something they're like oh yeah you can help us out dude there's something channel. there's something weird about gumtree like even my next door neighbor he was like selling some shit the other day and then they're like oh can you uh what's the best price i'm on a pension or what's the best price? I'm um, a student or like every single fucking person has, a crack. has like this weird little excuse. It's not just like, hey, I'm trying to buy this off. Like, yeah, right. Fuck it. And and it was funny, like in, in the States, they got uh, Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. So I'd always Craigslist shit. Yeah. And if it wasn't, like we just run this thing like everybody I knew, we used to talk about it. If it wasn't an iPhone, you'd never sell it. Yeah, right. It was only the people with iMessage that would actually buy shit. Why? How's that work? Because I just think iPhones are expensive. Yeah. And if like you could be messaging, (laughs) Uh you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they don't have iMessage. Yeah. And fuck, bro. It was almost like, it was almost an infallible rule. Yeah. Like you could almost put money. So it wasn't coming from an iMessage.
1: you know. If it wasn't
0: coming from an iMessage, you would not sell it to that person. (laughs) Everyone that was a if it was a green message, it was a time waster it was a, it's a Yeah, flat. avoid the green. Yeah, and it was green doesn't f- mean go. Nah, it was a flat rule too, dude. Yeah, like right. it always works. So like, oh. and then when because uh, I haven't really sold much shit since I've been here because I don't really have that much. <laughs> shit. And uh, and then yeah, when James was talking about it, he's like fucking this, and I was like, did they have my message? He's like, nah, they didn't. <laughs> I was just no like, way. I was like, well, that's how that fucking rule works. Yeah, right. But yeah, I always wondered. Um, like oh, so i always thought like man one day like be sick to just get fucking as big as i could get just to see if life <laughs> yeah. would be it's any fun different. man
1: yeah yeah because i remember going through that stage um like i was a swimmer mm. you know and I, I just i guess i needed somewhere to direct my energy and focus and it was going to be swimming for another four years and i guess we'll get into that later but um yeah i got a scholarship to do my cert three and cert four and fitness and just really just took that on as my new identity
0: yeah 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 so you are the first olympian for malta yeah which yeah. is like a pretty crazy crazy story
1: yeah uh it's a crazy story you want me to get into it yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. um so yeah so i mean I, I was born and raised here in australia um my father's maltese my mother's Australian. Um, and so that makes me obviously half Maltese and I believe like the Maltese Olympic committee or, or people in Malta were following my swimming career cause I was doing all right as I was coming through the ranks as a, as a kid and then getting into the sort of Australian open divisions and, uh, they basically reached out to me. It was at a point at which where I was almost going to quit swimming in Australia because uh, sounds pretty harsh, but uh, I just wasn't being coached correctly. Mm.
0: Um, and which we, which later on you sort of found out. Well, yeah, now right. I have yeah. the
1: knowledge and the tools to to understand how and why I wasn't being coached correctly. So, yeah. um, I mean, I was a sprinter, so I was a, a 50 meter butterfly and a hundred meter butterfly. But my curse was I had a really good work ethic. Um, and, and I was I was known as you know like just just being able to train really hard. Um, and I guess all of my swimming coaches took that as a sign to just smash me and just see yeah. how far they could push me. Um, the other sort of double, the, the other side of the sword was, um, I was almost nationally renowned for dying at the end of my race. Mm. So it was really weird that I had this strong work ethic and I could train really hard, but you were I out training everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But I just couldn't last a hundred meters. You know, I was dying at the 75 meter mark and that was really frustrating to obviously myself, but also my coaches and their solution to that problem was you're not fit enough for the hundred meter butterfly. So we're going to train you for the 200 meter butterfly. And if you just leave it at that and don't know much about energy systems, you go, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense, you know? Yeah, so if you can last 200 meters, then obviously the 100 going to be easy. Yeah. But the problem is, is like all sport and sport specificity, you need to practice your event. Yeah. And I wasn't practicing my event because in the 200 meter butterfly, the energy system is completely different. The speed that you swim is completely different. And even down to the technique of your stroke ends up being completely different. Yeah. So basically for a lot of the years of my training, I was not practicing the event that I wanted to race. Yeah. And it's a really funny story because I got to the point where I was getting so frustrated with my coaches here in Australia that um, I started just, uh, just coaching myself in Australia. And I went and swam at this shitty indoor pool where, um, a really good family friend of ours was still the coach. He taught me how to swim. Mm. Now he didn't have much experience at all training high level swimmers. And at this stage I was probably, uh, 18, 19. And, uh, I was starting to break it onto the, the national scene and, and make national finals and come close to meddling. And, um, he would watch me train. And, um, he basically pulled me aside because he, he gave me a lane. So he was doing, his learn to swim stuff, gave me a lane and he pulled me aside one day and he goes, Ryan, what are you doing? Cause I was swimming, you know, six K mm. twice a day. He goes, mate, what do you like? What's your event? I said hundred butterfly and he goes, well, you want to swim that faster than anyone, right? I said, yeah, of course. He said, well, why don't you practice that?
0: Keep going. Sorry, dude.
1: So, um, yeah, ah, there it is. Yeah.
0: I was like, there's I know there's a reason that, yeah. is. uh anyway. So sorry, <laughs> sorry dude. You're right, man. So you're swimming like six K's twice a day. Yeah, that's the when normal. you're only doing like a hundred meter race. My race
1: lasted fifty seconds, you know. Um and but that's just the way swimmers are race, just to grind, don't ask questions, shut up and do what your coach says. And again, I was almost cursed with the fact that I was a, a you know, a hard trainer. So, I was doing stuff that we're used to, you know, repeats, 100-meter repeats, just swimming freestyle, hitting the wall, and then going again, hitting Mm. the wall, going again. Now, that's okay aerobically, but it's not cool when your race is anaerobic. Yeah. And uh, so, basically, this guy that had just taught, learned to swim his whole life, cornered me and said, why don't you practice your race? And that just was a moment where I went, Holy shit, I've got this whole thing wrong mm. and this guy that's never trained, you know, anyone older than fifteen has just sort of because he he was able
0: to think outside the box. Yeah, he wasn't like in it every day. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like there's a culture eh? you get coaches they become there's like a culture of work and then it becomes like a thing you're measured against like if you want to make this team you need to be the one that's going to work and yeah like it becomes a culture like yeah because you'd think of a dude like you know say that runs the 800 meters that their training regime would look so different to a shot putter yeah but it's then it's like with the, the the weird thing with i think we're swimming and like i thought about this after we first spoke it i was like real interested in yeah in the thinking of it is like when you're a, when you're a swimmer you will all wear the same speedos the same goggles you swim in the same pool you go to the event on the same bus like it's like a team yeah. right yeah but it's an individual sport and you look at say like the 800 meters and shot put like those motherfuckers wouldn't even see each other yeah. ever no they're, yeah. they're not in the same sport they're not in the same industry like yeah. the culture's different the training's different but i think what what like and again i was sort of just thinking about it after we spoke was maybe there's this weird thing where because everyone's on the same team and you're all together that if you get the 50 meter dudes that are just doing like squats and deadlifts and box jumps and all this explosive shit for mm-hmm. like an hour a day and then they're doing like four times running through the 50 meters and then they're done and all the other dudes are just grinding it out yeah, yeah. i could see that being like a weird thing because it's like you're on the swim team yeah man that's like, a good guys, that's that's a that, fucking, that is a
1: good point because um you'd almost if,
0: feel like pressured to just do it like the dude doing the 1500. Yeah, so he's got to be in the water, you know, because he's got an
1: incredibly difficult event and an yeah. endurance based event. You're right, man. So, yeah, so that kind of side of the squad has have, have to grind it out and be in the water, and then they'd get jealous of the sprinters over yeah. here.
0: Is that real? like Yeah, yeah, it's or, a really good point. Or, that or is that, you brought that why up? they do it? They well, just keep everyone the same?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know because I'm not a swimming coach and I, I wasn't brought up, you know, uh, when I was swimming, I was basically taught don't ask questions, shut yeah, up and do yeah. what your yeah. coach says um but yeah like it's just that mentality i'll tell you a quick story where i remember a guy where he was coming up through the ranks and he was breaking all of ian thorpe's records like this dude was a weapon yeah
2: really? um
1: and we're only talking the age of like 13 14 15 he was a couple of years younger than so me so breaking thorpe's records at the the comparative yeah, yeah. age yes yes oh, okay, yes yeah, so yeah, through yeah. the age groups, and. Um, I remember because I was on the New South Wales team at that point and he was on the same team and I was sitting with the coaches waiting for a plane. And I remember the coaches talking about him and he was known for only swimming like four times a week and he'd only swim like two or three kilometers. Mm. Compare that to most other swimmers that swim 10 to 12 times a week, 6K a session. Um, that It was interesting hearing the coaches comment on him because he was doing so well. And you would think they would take a note out of his book and go, oh, well, look, he's doing really specific training. He's he's never tired. He's just always high performance. Instead of that, I remember, and I still remember to this day, that the coaches were saying, yeah, but imagine how good he'd be if he trained more. Mm. You know, if he trained 10 times a week and did 6K, imagine how good he'd be then. Rather than looking at him and going, well, maybe he's good because of what he's doing. Mm. And that's, you know, that was the mindset of this guy that pulled me aside when I was just swimming this shitty indoor pool. I had three months to prepare for an Australian, aid, uh, Australian national championship, Open Nationals. And um, the, the end of that story is after he had that conversation with me, I said, you're my new coach. You're going to start coaching me. And he did. And it was just kind of weird. It was really fun. He was just coaching me. And I ended up swimming so fast um, that year That I I made it onto the N Swiss team, the New South Wales Institute of Sport team, and uh, the points, because they give you a point score compared to how close you are to the world record. Oh, yeah. Well, I got so many points that that coach, who was just a learn to swim coach, was actually appointed as an N Swiss coach. Really? (laughs) So he, and he's hilarious, man. If you knew him, he was just just a on old guy and so he starts rocking up to this little tweed indoor pool where he's wearing like the N-Swiss jackets and stuff just loving life because it was just this really weird three months where um, I completely changed my train and I long story short I swam faster than I ever had um, under anyone else's guidance and how much less were you swimming oh, maybe less than a quarter of what I was actually doing beforehand yeah that's crazy Yeah, hey? I just went to the mentality of practicing my event yeah rather than Swimming training, yeah. You know, you used to show up to swimming training to do swimming training. Um, then I changed my mindset to practice my event, yeah. And then everything sort of fell into place. And then um, I couldn't keep that up forever because just he he couldn't keep doing it because it wasn't his business. He yeah. was, his business was learn to swim. So I ended up moving up the coast, and again went, fell back into that old trap of you know another swimming coach, and then you know doing too much work and not being specific enough didn't perform very well and I was ready to quit Mm. and then Malta just seemed to reach out at the perfect sort of point in time and they basically said you know let's create history Mm. let's let's get you um, to qualify for the Olympics so it wasn't just a you know so a they, gimme they probably could have done the gimme thing though right um, yes so how that works is uh, if there's a country that doesn't have any athletes that qualify they basically get like a gimme or a wild, wild card, card yeah. um, and that's where Eric the Eel came from remember back yeah. in Sydney Olympics so yeah. obviously he didn't qualify for the Olympics if you remember him he swam I don't know something like two minutes or something for the 100 metre freestyle he was a whole lap behind everyone else yeah barely swim yet he was at the olympics for swimming
0: which Um, i think there's like merit in that oh absolutely it doesn't cost someone else no yeah Yeah.
1: yes absolutely you know and that's that's part of the olympic um spirit yes spirit yes um you know everyone gets to be involved and and we celebrate sport and um and that that was a really beautiful moment that i'm sure anyone that watches sydney olympics i'm sure they remember who eric was Where is
0: he from somewhere in africa i was like yeah it was an african country yeah where they
1: barely they didn't even really have a pool or anything so uh if you don't have a uh, have an athlete qualify, then you basically get a wild card for a male and a female i believe yeah um but that's where malta wanted to do something different and they wanted an athlete that
0: qualified for the olympics so
1: Uh, it was also a perfect opportunity for me to stretch my legs and, and it, it forced me to start, um, studying and start studying human performance and and how I can swim better because I was determined that if I wanted to represent the country, I wanted to live there. Yeah. Um, I didn't have to, I could have just lived here and swum on the coaches here and gone and represented them. I wanted to do it right, but it also gave me an opportunity to just get away from Australian swimming, the coaches that I had and the mentality that I had. And, um, and kind of take a risk and a leap of faith and, and trust in the new mentality that I had. And um, I reduced my workload in the pool. I started training in the gym. And I guess that's what kind of got me to where I am today because I had to, I didn't have a coach. yeah. So for a whole year, I sort of just coached myself, um, didn't have any other swimmers in a squad, didn't have a coach looking over me to tell me I'm doing good. I just had to trust in, in myself. Um, and then that kind of opens up a whole new sort of story where after a year of, of swimming by myself, living by myself, um, it was, it was cool. Like I think it changed me for life, you know, cause sometimes I now crave that, that isolation because yeah. I lived in this country where I didn't really know anyone. I only had one focus. You didn't speak Maltese? Uh, no, not at the time. I kind of learned a bit here and there, but, um, I just ride my bike to the pool, swim, ride my bike home, have something to eat, sleep. I was
0: studying by correspondence. And what was that when you started doing your human performance style courses? Um, or what were you studying I was then? just,
1: that was unofficial. So I was oh, studying sports yeah. management. Okay. So I, I began a degree at Bond and then I kind of finished it um, uh, through like open university. So all sort of online stuff yeah. while I was, I was out of the country. Um, but then of course on the side, I had to start researching about how to be a good swimmer, you know, because i I didn't know anything. You know, I just shut up and listened to my coaches.
0: Yeah, so, you never knew the why behind. Yeah, no, it. You I, I just what did what you I was did, told. But you didn't know why you did it.
1: Yeah, so uh, after a year of that and not really having anyone, even with a stopwatch, or telling me that I'm swimming well, um, I stood up on the blocks in, I believe it was Eindhoven um, in the Netherlands, and that was the European Championships in 2017. Yeah. And um, no, sorry, 2007. Um, and I got up on the blocks, goggles on, ready to race. You know, basically ready to qualify for the Olympics. And the only thought I had in my head was, "Oh no, what if I'm shit? I don't even know how fast I don't I'm even going. know how fast I'm going. You know, like because I don't, I didn't have a coach timing me. I didn't have anything. So it was all just off feel. And um, long story short, thank God. Um, I swam really quick So I swam faster Than I'd ever swum In Australia Which That was a real feather In my cap And, yeah. and stuff that You know No one else knows um, That meant a lot to me And yeah. I, I remember I hit the wall Looked at the time And I can't remember What the time was But I remember knowing That i just qualified For the Olympics I made Olympic Standard qualifying time and man, my goggles just filled with water because I was just crying. And, yeah. um, you know, I knew my parents and my family were watching online and stuff. And so it was a huge moment for me, mate. Because like, that's literally a life's work. Yeah, it, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So my since I was, you know, five years old, I knew I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer. And um, and my my pathway to that is is really unique. And, yeah. you know, people ask me all the time, oh, you went to the Olympics. Oh, did you win a medal? And I'm like, no, no, nah, I didn't even come close. You know, yeah. and, oh, you didn't win. No, I didn't beat Michael Phelps. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like uh, he is the best ever. Yeah. But I was there and I qualified and I deserve to be there. And the the path that got me there is really unique and really, really special to me. And, and you know, something that I'll sort of be proud of for the rest of my
0: life. Do, so, you, do you remember, um, like, because I've been thinking like we did the podcast with Jack Freestone the other day. Yeah. And he, his first ever wave was a Kira and he got pushed into it. And then just to, it, that cyclone Oma swell that came through a month or so ago, yeah. he got like the craziest wave of Kira ever, pretty much. Yeah. So it was almost like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this is like a bookend of, of your life. No like, way, it's yeah. almost like a chapter gets, it's like, you're still living your life, but it's like, okay, you could be pretty pumped on that. Like, this is a very, this is a very handy bookend. First wave ever, best wave ever and then everything that's in between yeah is there like was that sort of what it felt like when you qualified for the, the olympics that it's like you start swimming and this is your whole life's goal because the olympics as a swimmer like that's really it yeah. like that's the tour de france sort of thing yeah. yeah so then it's like to qualify is it almost like you close in a loop and yeah. putting you know putting that in a box is like fuck that's done yeah man um
1: yeah, there was a sense of relief yeah. that that you know I'd done it, um, and that was before I even went. You know, like so when I had qualified, and I knew you know yeah, I had that ticket. I, mean. I was I going feel to like the Olympics. That
0: would be the place. Yeah, where Um. Where when, you, when you qualified, you. I like, reckon Fuck, uh, it.
1: now that you bring that up, I reckon there was a, almost thinking about it. Um, I had to kind of uh, shock myself back into being focused. Yeah. Because you know I was so focused on qualifying yeah. for the Olympics, like oh shit, now I got to swim there. So I better, you know, pick it up again. And obviously that's not hard having that kind of goal in mind. Um, Train my ass off for another, there was probably another three or four months, maybe even five or six months before I actually went to the Olympics, which I believe was October 2008. Um, And that was in Beijing in China. And um, that whole, to be honest, that's all just a blur. Um, You know, I had to get back into training, train my ass off. Um, and then I still swam Again, I did another PB at the Olympics So I still swam faster than I'd ever swam Under Australian swimming or under anyone else So yeah. that was well over a year of coaching myself um, And I got there And um, luckily, you know, I was with Team Malta um, And obviously I knew a few people on the Australian team And uh, yeah. i built a relationship with the Spanish team and who, my best friend, even to date, Ashley Callis, who was a triple Olympian world record holder. Yeah. Um, you know, all the respect in the world. He is, he's my best friend and he's like an older brother to me. And, um, you know, I didn't have the luxuries that the Australian team had. And so Ash would sort of sneak me, you know, back when we had the suits, the racing mm. suits and stuff like that. So Ash, you know, he made sure I was looked after. So... Was 08 like the full shark suit? Yeah, yeah it yeah. was, I believe it might've even been the last year where yeah. we could wear the full suit. So I used to wear like the singlet style top with the long legs Yeah, because uh, I was a butterfly. So I had that freedom with my shoulders. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, man... Ash sort of yeah he he took me under his wing there he he was a bit of a veteran when it comes to the Olympics and uh, he knows he knows how much I love him and respect him for that
0: yeah that's pretty rad eh yeah do you remember a lot about like that week or did it just go by
1: so honestly mate nah I I kind of remember being there and and um. Yeah, I had a a few, you know, interesting experiences. I got to hang out with Rafael Nadal, and because I I had um, a good relationship with the Spanish team, yeah. And uh, so that was cool. You know, you're famous when you walk into the Olympic Village, and everyone else there is an Olympian, and and they rush, yeah, yeah. they rush over and start getting, you know, your photo and autograph and stuff like that. So that was him um i had a really good experience how uh, did
0: that hang, like so what way were you just hanging out like you
1: just just part of like part of the spanish team so yeah well i went and did a, a training camp in malaga in spain and barcelona in spain with the spanish olympic team yeah and uh so obviously the swimmers that i knew on that team um uh, were sort of friends with him as well so we got to sort of hang out and that's pretty sick yeah
0: huh <laughs> right and hell on the dark
1: yeah um who was, who was like at that time I can't remember his name Because I, I don't follow basketball that closely But um, one of the f- most famous basketball players But this was in 2008 In the USA team I wonder who that would have been um, Kobe Bryant Oh, Kobe Yeah, it yeah, okay. was Kobe Bryant So um, I was Because at that stage You know, it was 2008 And so we had little huts Where you could access the internet So you had to go down to the hut To access yeah. the internet And uh, I see all these people like rushing This is in the Olympic Village all these people rush in one way And then all of a sudden The whole crowd starts moving towards me I'm looking up from this hut And I see it's Kobe Bryant and He's got two security guards All the Olympic athletes just crowding him And he actually ended up Coming into the hut that I was in um, On the internet uh, Just to get a break from everybody So I'm sitting there on the computer Kobe Bryant walks in His two security guards stop people at the door yeah. I'm like, hey man <laughs> what's up and kobe's like hey bro how you doing that's insane yeah that's when you know you're famous man you're getting hassled in the olympic village by, by olympians, olympians. Yeah. yeah
0: dude yeah that is pretty gnarly eh yeah um fuck what was i gonna there was something i was gonna say on that oh one of my one of my mates uh chris wright he was a yeah a yeah, olympic yeah. Swimmer as well yeah and um he he was saying that like that it was just so crazy like the sex between like everybody in the olympic village like all the athletes i don't think
1: that's even a secret hey like nah, that's, like that's it's just a pretty well-known now, fact like, yeah how fucking
0: crazy is that like, like well, why we... do you
1: think that is oh, mate everyone's so wound up for, and everyone's so focused on what they're doing and then everyone just blows out after their, event. as soon so as their events done, swimming yeah. we're lucky man because we're the first event Ah. So we so um, some swimmers actually miss out on going to the opening ceremony Because they have to race so yeah. soon after So I think it's a rule in the Australian swim team If you've got to race the next day You don't go to the opening ceremony Which would be devastating Was it a
0: cool experience? Oh
1: man, that that's my favourite experience of the Olympics So I was actually really, really blessed and lucky as well In the fact that um, I got to carry the flag for Malta um, oh, At the closing ceremony So they were rattling off some stats like it's like 0.00017 of people can call themselves an Olympian, and then point zero 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 people say they carried the flag for their country. So you know nowadays, like I I definitely have a lot of respect and appreciation for me being half Maltese, and and you know I love that country, and I'm really proud that I carried the flag for them at the closing ceremony, but. Being there at the opening ceremony as well, man, like 80,000 people just yeah. going mental and, you know, like uh, it was in Beijing in China, so they put, in, put on a pretty beautiful show. Yeah. But, um, man, like, yeah, just an experience I'll, I'll never forget. But the actual experience does come in blurs because I was, you yeah. know, on such a high.
0: Yeah, that, that's been something I've been thinking about a bit lately um, is just there's so many times in my life too that were like such a blur, like I don't really they're like really cool things that I wish I had more recollection of. Yeah. But yeah. it just seemed like I was so focused and so under the pump at the time that yeah. I never actually, I didn't truly process it. And I think back on like, even, cause I'll get people that'll be like, oh, I remember we did this trip and I'm like, no. Nah. Hmm. Like I literally don't remember a trip that involved multiple airplanes and then, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh, I wish, yeah, I don't know. And I wonder whether like that's my fault for nah. like having my head up my ass and well, like maybe. I don't being know. off with yeah. the fairies or whatever. One one thing that I kind of
1: wish was around and more present in 2008 was social media and, yeah. and you know, the, the use of our phones and the ability to capture everything as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it was just kind of before that cusp
0: where, you know, there it was... There was like
1: super mainstream. Yeah,
0: man, yeah. Yeah, because now like, yeah, you just go through your phone to see
1: what everything your whole life's right there you know so i'll scroll through my instagram and be down i'm like oh yeah i did that
0: you know suddenly bloss or you know it's it's a cool recollection of memories it's weird because we'd have like our brain would have to be similar to a hard drive like there's a certain amount of space that we can cram in yeah like until we get some kind of like icloud feature (laughs) where we can like upload memories and shit like you'd have to think that so like there is so much fucking dope shit I've just completely forgotten I've done, like <laughs> yeah. straight up like races I've been to, yeah. fucking film trips with big name people, pfft, don't remember. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's yeah. But uh, it's like, I think that the average person before social media would like never have run into that problem. But I yeah. think now that with how much info you can actually even just like take in on a daily basis. Yeah. That it's like, I feel like everyone's going to run into that problem. Yeah, just, just run like, out of space. Run out of fucking room because like there's so much shit coming at us. Yeah, you're right, man. Um,
1: but yeah, the whole Olympics thing, like bits and pieces are just blurs and then... Do you um, remember
0: swimming the race?
1: No, no. No, I don't remember the race. No, nah. I remember being behind, um, like just before we walked out um and i remember i left my towel i had a towel that i wanted to bring and and wipe down the block it was like my lucky towel and I don't know where that is. I lost that. And Bug. and it was actually one of the first times I'd ever experimented with caffeine. So I barely even drank coffee or anything. And, you know, I did a little bit of research on performance with caffeine. And I think I popped something like three or four no-dose tablets. And really? I yeah, never even really played with caffeine before. So I reckon that's probably got a big thing to do with why I don't remember anything. I was just buzzing and ready to go. But, yeah, I still swam fast. I just missed the – I swam faster than I ever had. Uh, and I just missed the semifinal, so that was my goal to to break it into the finals. But you know what, man, um, I still really hold my head high just for the fact yeah, of, of how I performed. You know, I performed the best that I possibly could. Yeah, with you know, with probably not nowhere near as many resources as as many other people.
0: Do you think though? So you you're in Malta, you're doing your own thing, you're not really having stopwatches and stuff around you. Do you think that if you had that same Uh, you used your same like new philosophy but had like an infrastructure behind you do you think you could have gone better again I hate being that guy man I hate
1: being that guy but I mean really I could uh, I mean it's hard not to to, it's hard not to say well I guess it's like anyone right if I knew if I knew what I know now back then I'm positive I would have had a better career yeah but it's, uh, that's not very productive to think like yeah, that, Yeah, that, that's I guess. true. You know, all I can do now, and that's, I guess that's why I take my job as a strength and conditioning coach and a performance coach so seriously because I do know the effect of giving people the right advice or mm. giving people the wrong advice. So I really take my job seriously when it comes to advising athletes um, because you send them down a road. Mm. And that road could either lead them to their goal or it could literally lead them away from their goal, which I believe... Um some coaches were leading me not intentionally, yeah, yeah, but they were
0: leading me away from my goal. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Was it a was it a fun year though, like the year in Malta?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been Um, challenging,
0: I'm sure. Yeah.
1: I I I'm kinda neutral with everything because I was just so focused. Yeah. Like I, I sometimes I miss that focus. I I man, I had blinkers on. I didn't care about anything. I was just training and I knew that I was going to the Olympics. Um so i can't say it was fun i can't say it was hard i i feel really just neutral about it yeah yeah just so focused
0: so i was like so so, doing, you know, so focused man i do i miss that a little bit dude i um my only thing to relate to that was going to thailand for like the jujitsu oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah it was just like two a days and it was like i was giving it a hundred percent for every session that i was there yeah and then i was exhausted and just nothing else mattered no i just didn't oh, care dude like i had, missed
1: that feeling i missed you know that what? feeling yeah, when it's a, nothing else yeah, matters I've a got a so feeling. many things that matter right now that i have to pay attention to yeah but um oh dude that that's i've just had a moment like i really crave where nothing else matters i could just train or just focus on one thing
0: because i i get that when i do jitsu, like i'll go to the gym and when you're doing the drills and the technique stuff your mind can wander a bit and you can sort of be there and you can not be there yeah but when you're actually live and you're sparring yeah like you have to be there like i'm never anywhere else and i think that that more than anything is why what i crave every day yeah is that okay fuck here's a thing that makes nothing else matter yeah and I can do that every single day. Yeah, and that's, that's, why, a, that's a nice point. Yeah, and that's why, like, my dad, like, even last night, because I went up to um, my parents last night for dinner. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to train. So we'll do dinner when I get home from training. Mm. And it's, like, a bit of a fuck around. Like, I get there and then I go and then I come back. and But it's just like, and dad's like, oh, you're always sore. Like, you know, it can't be that fun. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. not that it is that fun, I don't think. What I think that the more enticing part of it or the more the thing that sucks you in is the fact that like I do have a lot like I'm the same like I've got so much fucking shit on my mind all the time every day like even driving up yesterday Ricky's like oh you're not saying much and I'm like just fucking thinking yeah. like I've got so much shit that I'm trying to get done that I can't not think about it but, it's hard to be present oh it's so something fucking hard I've been
1: hard. doing a lot of sort of self-assessment and, and work with just trying to be present and just controlling the things I can control and, and letting the things go that I can't. And yeah. As you know, I've had a big, hard couple of years. Yeah, um, And I feel like I'm at a stage where I'm learning a lot about myself and, and reading a lot more about um, my sort of feelings when it comes to like depression, anxiety, and the stuff that I've been through. Man, this has been such a huge year for me.
0: Yeah. And I think that when you find those things that can take you out of whatever it is you've got going on, even if it's for an hour a day or whatever, but Mm. then to get back to the professional sportsman thing, it's like, imagine the. It's like, it's so hard to do physically and it's so hard to do mentally and you've got to be on and the injuries and the, you know, like the uh, rehab and all the bullshit that goes with being a professional athlete. But. Mm your career if you're a dude that's funded to train like you literally only have to worry about yourself in like a really small bubble like yeah eat sleep recover train study whatever yeah but it's like it's pretty freeing to just be able to shut out everything else because like us in our lives now yeah. like we only get that opportunity i train an hour a day you train you know i don't know how many times a day probably a bit more but <laughs> yeah but it's like that's your time but then then like once it's done it's like fuck you like, reality, yeah. yeah i mean that's
1: something that i struggle with after my swimming career because i was so proud and, and so happy to identify myself as a swimmer mm. you know and i did i had a chip on my shoulder you know I went around thinking that you know well, because i'm a, you know i'm a swimmer so i'm you know i did i felt like i had that sort of higher place but um as soon as that swimming career finished you know i I went through it and i know that you know the guys that had more success than me and were more identified you know on a on a public level um everyone struggles with i I believe it's with that self-identity sort of issue because um after the olympics i was i had an opportunity where i was um i had a scholarship and like i said i had a relationship with the spanish team and i was going to Uh, take this scholarship to swim and train in barcelona for four years and obviously that four years was supposed to lead me up to london 2012 olympics yeah so how old
0: would you have been in london uh i believe
1: because i worked it out i believe i would have been like 27 or 28 at london so that's like top end of
0: olympian swimmers
1: yeah yeah it would have been a great you know great Um, time for me you know I would have been in my prime probably yeah
0: you sort of are in your late 20s yeah
1: yeah um but yeah again it it was my my mate Ash Callis that kind of he pulled me aside when I when we came back so we came after the Olympics we came back to the Gold Coast and um he pulled me aside and he said mate because he knew that I was really waiting on this scholarship and I had this moment with him where I panicked and I was like shit what if that scholarship doesn't come through because that was going to be my whole life for four years Board, you know, rent, yeah. um, food, travel Everything paid for and, and accommodated for um, And all I had to do was swim And then up until London 2012 And he said to me He said, oh mate You're going to be, after London You'll be like 27, 28 And you won't really have anything Because, yeah. you know, he was more than happy to tell me I was never going to be an Olympic medalist And that's okay, I can, I can admit that um, And he goes, mate, you're already an Olympian being a jewel, no one will ever take that away from you. Yeah, being a not, dual olympian yeah. is cool but he goes why don't you have a look at you know he was the one that said why don't you have a look at being a pt or he goes you'd be a really good strength coach and um yeah it's because of him that i kind of it was funny man because how, how everything happens there was one day where i had the contract in front of me for barcelona and then i also had a scholarship to do my cert three and cert four yeah. in fitness and I took, I actually ended up taking the cert three and cert four. And that was something that, um, like that was a huge gamble that I thought I may regret. And I remember telling myself when the Olympics are on in 2012, I'm going to stand back and have a look at and assess my life and see if I made the right choice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And,
0: uh, I still bit can't, of like forced accountability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I still can't answer that. I don't know whether I made the right choice or not.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got boss. Well, there you go. Like, yeah, that's sort of all, probably all you need to look yeah. at. You know, like you wouldn't have her if you didn't. That's right. You didn't that's that. that's more than enough for me, man. Um, what what was the like what connected you with like the Spanish team? Like, what, uh, what that was that was just a link in the Maltese
1: Olympic Committee. Yeah. Um. Uh, one of the one of the staff in the Olympic Committee had a had a friend in in the Spanish Olympic Committee, and that just. Um, kind of build a relationship for myself and then they invited me over for a few swimming camps and stuff with their Olympic team yeah and um, yeah that was that was pretty much how it went it was pretty cool
0: did the Malta team like did they really like go all out for you was it a pretty cool thing just to be a part of like like just the unicorn you know like that was you're like (laughs) that was so like i mean
1: yeah i mean obviously resources and that are so limited compared to other sort of bigger bigger countries um but yeah no i i felt very very welcome and and very catered for and and very well looked after and respected and it was cool man like you know i had my little moment my little 15 minutes over there was a pretty big deal in the media and stuff like that so um i i love my experience you know i love the way I, i went about it i love i'm proud of myself um. Yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything.
0: Have you been back since the since you lived over there?
1: Not no no. So I mean, I'm planning on it, but obviously, straight after the Olympics, I, I threw myself into the strength and conditioning industry. And uh, you know me, I don't really do anything right. by halves. So yeah. yeah, I threw myself into the and that's why you know I got bigger and stronger quick because it's all I did. I lived yeah. and breathed it. I needed somewhere to direct that discipline, energy, and focus from swimming. I threw it into my industry. So six months after doing like the course, I was teaching the course. Yeah, um, so cool. i yeah, so I was teach, I, w- I was running my, my own personal training business, but I, then I was also teaching cert three and cert four. Um, and that was, you know, to date, probably one of my favorite gigs in the industry because, um, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I just resonate mostly as a teacher and people that, Train underneath me Would probably agree with that yeah. Some you know I've got to be careful sometimes Because I can just You know Start chatting too much and, and explaining Explaining why we're doing this Yeah Where some people don't give a shit man Like they just want to train Yeah Be told what to do Yeah Yeah Um, But the teacher in me Is always trying to explain why And, and what the science And the concept behind this Or you know Yeah um, Some people just want to Shut up and train Which
0: is a great attitude as well um, where, where do you reckon all that Like because you know you see the way that you do train it's like you're fucking possessed you know like you go on that hard but it's like yeah. do do you think it just like the swimming side of things came from or like that came from just the swimming side of things yep. or was it like there was just some fucking weird demons you had your whole life that you needed that exertion to like you know what i mean yeah was it, was it, it like it's more so nature or nurture no
1: nah, it's more so not knowing any different yeah. You know, so you like think I, you were I, just I've, conditioned. I've swum since the age of five, and I'll, I've trained hard since the age of five. So I really didn't know any different. And I've 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 seen that a few times where I've had clients come to me; they've never trained in their whole life. Um, they've come to me, and I've kicked their ass. You know, like just just expose them to this world of like difficult, hard training, and then they don't know any different because they've never trained with anyone else and they've never done any physical exercise before. So I get them to the point, say maybe three months in and they might bring a friend in with them mm. and then their friend is like, what the fuck? You know, like that they didn't expect this person to be training that hard and then that person will turn around and go, what, I, I thought this was training mm. but they just don't know any different. And that's kind of how I feel like it happened for me yeah, and, and why, I, why I train because I don't think I train that crazy but obviously the feedback is most people go oh man you're a monster yeah um but that's just just what i do man yeah
0: because i I wonder like you know because then it is it just yeah like a case of you're just so conditioned that it's just like this thing that you've just always done it's that but then
1: i also have the conversation where um I know that I train best when it comes from a dark place. Yeah. You know, like I know. See, I don't have that at all. all I do, yeah. yeah. And like when, if if there's someone I dislike or someone I want to prove wrong, then I'm on, you know, and I'll visualize that while I'm training. And and I train the best that I train, yeah, when it comes from a dark place. And that whole sort of journey over to Malta and, and all that, that was a dark place because of course i had all my coaches in australia and, and everyone i you know, have been saying yeah, uh, you know, don't yeah. know what you're doing exactly watch this. yeah, yeah. Fail. And, then, and then i just say watch this yeah I,
0: uh, I do i like a bit of the watch this kind of thing like i can do this but like fuck i feel like because i've thought about that too Of like why the dig you know there's different people that it's like they just go fucking savage dark mode yeah and then i just go zen mode like i'm yeah. just sort of doing it just like that's just like a, it's supposed to be like calming in a way.
1: Yeah, well I would say most you know most people would promote the fact that you know um everything should come from a positive place, focus on the good thing, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But for me training um yeah, when I get down and dark
0: that, but I, when I, when I, I think of, when I think about it though, like I do if I'm having a shit day and I'm like fuck, I feel like going and training will get that out like it's an outlet but i don't feel like i'm channeling any of it while i'm doing it
1: well it's not something that i do in martial arts um it's it's more so the weights you know like i can take it out on the weights but if we were rolling or something
0: yeah i wouldn't be visual yeah Yeah. you know Uh,
1: then i probably am more calm you know like if 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 you're sparring or rolling you know i then i wouldn't say the demons come to me then it's more like that's more of just a happy sort of movement type place but with the weights at least you know the weights are nothing i just throw them around
0: i wonder then because i don't really do weights i wonder if whether I, it would come yeah, out if it would because yeah. like it makes sense like i'm sitting here thinking it now doing a deadlift being like fuck you can't you yeah. know like go and like going heavy but yeah that that you might can't be, be a nice it guy and lift heavy weights yeah yeah you got to be a bit angry yeah i suppose i've never really lifted too yeah. much fucking heavy shit either yeah i'll get you angry mate who um who was the like who gave you the sponsorship to do the Cert 3, Cert 4?
1: Um, just a guy that had a company here on the Gold Coast. And um, yeah, so uh, I I reached out to them and then they were like, yeah, cool, well, um, we're happy to bring you on board. And then um, he taught me a lot. He taught me everything I knew at the beginning. And then um, just like anything, you go down your own path and start to learn new things. Ended up o- uh, opening my own gym. Um, and the whole concept with that gym was to be recognize as the best place to receive personal training and i'm pretty sure i achieved that um it was a really really cool gym back in the day um but same thing you know life goes on and i outgrew that and started doing my own thing and um you know i've ended up at kdv sport which is Incredible and um, that facility, man. Yeah, it's a crazy you know, facility. Yeah. yeah, it's an incredible facility. And um, over the last few years, working with a lot of tennis players and golfers, and um, but now I'm at a stage where I am getting back to focusing on sort of general fitness. Um, and just what I've gone through over the last couple of years, just you know, everything just shapes the person that you are, and that's why right now i'm i'm uh sort of developing a new program that i'm calling the 2080 pursuit and uh that's something i'm really really excited about that'll be kicking off in only a couple of weeks yeah sweet yeah
0: what um when you first started the training side of things did you have like a particular lane that you wanted to go in or was it just you'd sort of take what you could get because you don't yeah. seem like the kind of person that's just like going to do something and then be like, oh, I'll just see what comes up. No, um,
1: I, I wouldn't class myself as that either. But initially, yeah, because I didn't know a lot about the industry. I didn't yeah. know a lot about anything, man. Like I was just this swimmer for 24, 23, 24 years. Um, that's all I did. It's all I knew. So when I got into the industry... I didn't know a lot about it. So yeah, I just, I just knew that that's going to be my job now. You know, I never had a bloody job before. yeah. So um, that's going to be my job. So yeah, just, I, I think a lot of people that get into the personal training in- industry want to work with athletes and, um, but that takes a lot of time and, and you got to get the respect and, and the reputation yeah. before, you know, people that compete reach out to you for advice I don't. I think that's a pretty big deal, you know. Like when competitive athletes reach out to me and ask me my opinion on what they should be doing, like that's something that shouldn't be taken lightly. Yeah. You know? And hence why I make sure I'm always up to date with research. I'm always reading. Um, I'm always training myself. The area where I probably learn the most is when I train myself. Yeah. Um, You know, I always pick up on subtleties that, you know, different ways I can explain techniques or or different exercises or just come up with new exercises and overcome a problem like an injury or something like that. Um, It's just never ending.
0: Yeah. it's It's a crazy industry in the way that it changes too. Oh, yeah. And it's like you've almost got to be so on top of trends like the whole... Uh, it was like CrossFit and then I think CrossFit was too gnarly for people. Yeah. For like, I don't think it's a very sustainable model. Like I think that there's people that, I mean, I've got friends going super hard in CrossFit for like yeah. a year, two years, and then they, they can't keep up that pace. Yeah. And then I think that the, out of that come like this functional yeah. F45 style training yeah. and it just seems like it's this never ending thing of like what's on trend yeah
1: well when i came into the industry around that 2008 2009 2010 11 12 uh, that was all like bodybuilding focus so everyone trained like a bodybuilder yeah that was you know that's pretty much what everyone did then yeah you know the crossfit thing sort of started um and you can certainly scale it you know like scale it back when it comes to crossfit but you know uh, one of the problems with CrossFit is they're always chasing time. So everything's done on yeah, the clock yeah. and you're trying to do a better time. And that's where, you know, form and technique can kind of fall out of the window because you're in a rush. Yeah. You're in a rush to do, do a faster time. Um, and that's where a lot of the injuries come from. But again, um, you got to remember, like CrossFit is designed to break you. Yeah, not, It's not designed to injure Physically you. But, break you yeah. yeah, it's designed to, you know, but that's for guys like, you know, that, that compete at the CrossFit Games. Those guys are almost... You know, they're bomb-proof. Like, they're unbreakable. And that's what's amazing about watching the sport. The problem comes when guys like you and I... That aren't CrossFit Games athletes... Yeah. Go, oh, cool. I'm going to go and try that. Well, we need to scale it back. You yeah. Because... The idea, so for example, you know, a snatch, uh, one of the most technically difficult lifts there oh, are. dude,
0: if anyone hasn't tried Olympic lifting, yeah. it's fucking awkward. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's probably my favorite
1: style of lifting and, and favorite form of training. I'm managing a few injuries at the moment that don't let me train the way that I want to train. Yeah. Um, if I could, I'd just be doing probably Olympic style lifting hard out. Um, but like CrossFit will make you do like a 500 oh, meter row. Yeah. And yeah, then do it's 20 snatches as, fucking, it's like, as quick as you can Why would you do that? Why would you prescribe Like something as difficult as a, a, as a hard out row Yeah And then get straight into The most technical lift there is And do high repetitions of it Well the reason is To challenge you and break you Like it's supposed to be difficult Yeah But it's That's you know Scaled up to those guys That compete on that kind of level And they can handle Take that it.
0: Yeah they can handle it We can't Isn't it funny You get those dudes Like I know a couple of guys That just like Want to be in the hurt locker Yeah like, Mike leader, he came on the podcast, he's one of those dudes, like, doesn't look like much of a fucking savage, but, yeah. like, you put that dude on a road bike, just wants to be in the Hurt Locker. Yeah, this man. random dude that works for fucking Honda in yeah. America, he's just, like, he does their press bikes and stuff. Yeah. Fucking animal. Just... <laughs> lives in the hurt locker just wants to be there yeah and like i feel like those dudes that are in the crossfit it's like you're either a fucking navy seal yeah or you're in the crossfit games like there's just some of those dudes just love the punishment like it's, they just a, it's torture a cool themselves.
1: like it's cool like i love crossfit for what it is you know um i love the way that they they have their workouts and everything's online and you can sort of check and see yeah, how you against compete everyone, against yeah. everyone else like that's really cool but yeah, you know, the fitness industry comes in trends and then we kind of moved away from that. And now it's all the functional style training yeah. and stuff like that.
0: Which seems like it's a pretty good thing. Um,
1: uh, yeah, I mean,
0: yeah.
1: It, um, some of those companies like F45 and, and yeah, places like, like that. Yeah, they
0: water it down a bit, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. But um, that's about, atmo- I believe that's about atmosphere. Y- yes, so yeah. it gets people moving. So technically on paper, scientifically may not be the most efficient a- way to train yeah, for yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. But it certainly gets people up and moving. And the Feeling number one thing in nutrition and training is sustainability. Yeah. And if you're having a good time and you're showing up, then by all means, just keep going. Yeah, you know, as long as it's safe, just keep going. Yeah. But um, yeah, so people like me, I could sit there and, and break it down and go, well, actually, that's not the most efficient way to train for the results that you want. Yeah. And you should be doing sets of 8 to 12 at this kind of weight and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? If you're showing up and having a good time, then that's probably the best way to train for you.
0: Yeah. And it, it's like designed for the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Like the people that are the New Year's, new me kind of yeah, people, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it's not knocking them. Like that's, there needs to be that place. Like you couldn't go to a hardcore CrossFit gym and be, you know, just like, I'm going to try and lose a couple kilos. of yeah It's like horses for courses kind of thing. Yeah. But it, it does... Like that, that to me, and especially like we live in the Instagram era, uh, and I think that, like you'd probably be able to speak on that. Like Instagram's probably been one of the biggest changes to the fitness industry. Oh man, we are. I believe we
1: are like way ahead of the curb when it comes to industries using um social media. Yeah, fitness. You know, I work with tennis coaches and golf coaches in my facility, and um. You know, those guys almost give me, they give me shit for the kind of social media that I, you know, I'm so active on social media. I'm like, you guys have no idea because if I'm not active on social media, then people forget about me and they'll start thinking about someone else, you know, and that's how my industry works when I'm, you know, um, active and and people are noticing me. um, That's when, you know, they're at a family barbecue or something and someone says, oh, geez, I need to lose some weight. That, oh, you got to go see Ryan. You know, follow him on yeah. this, or get in contact with him. It's so easy. Um, yeah, we. I think us as fitness professionals really have to leverage social media um, to our advantage, and I think we're get we're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know? making it uh, particularly here on the Gold Coast in Australia like there's more you know, PTs and one of and, the and most competitive markets yeah man like it's hard and that's another feather in my cap that I wear proudly you know like I feel like I kind of made it in the fitness industry in, in a place where it's probably hard the hardest it. to make it's it. like the
0: hollywood of fucking yeah
1: yeah yeah it's hard man uh, and i i still don't recommend the industry people come to me for industry advice all the time or like oh, should, do yeah. you think i should get into it it's really hard for me to recommend it because it's just so cutthroat fucking grind constantly yeah, man. Yep. it's
0: funny you said before like if they're not thinking about me they're thinking about someone else yeah it's like fuck isn't it weird how it's like this breeding ground of insecurity though too because yep. it's like that's like the old saying for every hot chick there's a dude tired of fucking her yeah yeah and it's yeah. like for every stick trainer there's a dude that's fucking sick of lifting for him yeah like you yeah. can just apply that everywhere and i think with fitness there's so much stuff where it's like so easy to get into a rut because it is a rut like yeah. if you want to do well in fitness you need to be in a rut and stay in a rut yeah it's fucking as simple as that
1: you got to um you got to stay active with your education, and and you got to stay hungry, and that's why you know so many people come and go because they come into the industry like just fucking hellfire, and they're just they love the industry and they love fitness, and yeah. you know they're all about it, and then that wears off after a year or two, and then you never see them again. Yeah, um, I don't know why I've lasted this long. You know, I think I'm into my eleventh or twelfth year well, in the industry. Well, I think industry.
0: it's because you really want it.
1: Yeah, I just, I love it, you know, and I, I keep, I believe, you know, I keep reinventing myself and I keep finding new ways. So that's, you know, this 2080 pursuit that, um, I'm kicking off in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, that, that's made me hungry again. That's made me really excited again, because it's a, to me, it's a whole new concept with training and and the whole, the 2080 really resonates with me being, um, so I named it 2080 after like Pareto's law. Um, sort of stating that 80% of effects Come from Say 20% of cause mm. So Or More easily put You know What's the 20% That you can focus on That's going to reap you The majority of results Dude I totally agree with that It's Man It's present everywhere And something that I've been focused on In, in life In finance In business And obviously in training So I really pride myself on being—I uh, love the words efficient and effective. Yeah. You know, so I pride myself on being an efficient and effective coach. So, what I think I'm good at is identifying your 20. You know, I can identify your 20%, tell you this is where you should focus, and that's where you're going to get the majority of results. If we go outside of that 20%, yeah, you know, like we, you know, when you're ready for that, we'll start um, venturing outside of there. But really, if you focus on these. You know these few key factors; they're going to get you the ma- majority of results. And it's weird in the fitness industry, man, because people like nutrition, for example. The number one question that I get asked about nutrition is, "What supplement should I take?" Yeah, yeah, dude, that's your one percent. Like dude, that's we only, talked about yeah, this last time. That's only sure, going to bring yeah. yeah. And I think I told you a story. I love this story, man. One of my really good mates, he did my program, and uh, it was it was a twelve week program. I had eight guys. And I came into the gym one day and all these guys had surrounded my mate, Andrew Rock. And he had put on like 10 kilos. Um, he lost a bunch of fat, put on heaps of muscle and all the guys were around him and he was looking awesome. And they were like, what, what are you doing, man? Like, what, what, are, you you know? what, is yeah, what are you taking? Yeah. What are you taking? Yeah. And I could see, cause I stood back on purpose and I could see on their face, they were waiting for him to say here, Here's I'm this taking this supplement here yeah. I'm taking this pill you know and he was awesome cuz he looked at me and then he looked at them and he goes I'm following the program yeah you know and he and we all know like the other guys weren't you know like I I wrote this program all of my knowledge all of my education I poured my heart and soul into this program and out of the eight guys one of them followed it and he killed it, and the other guys were like, "What are you, What are you doing?" He's like, "Dude, yeah. you literally have the plan right in front of you. I followed the program, but no one wants to hear that it's just hard work and consistency. Yeah, you know. So, um, that's that's what I'm about this year. Um, just focusing on and uh, getting my individual clients keeping it really individualized and working out what their 20 is yeah and then i write their program and they come and jump on board and then i kick their ass and how long is these programs usually 12 weeks is usually a good sort of stage but i like to break it up in say weeks of four or six so yeah try and keep them focused on just that four so it doesn't seem like such a stretch Yeah, and then introduce the next stage after that four
0: weeks or so on and so forth yeah well that whole like people focusing on the one percent thing is like one of my fucking pet peeves of like people that are like they'll just that it's like they're after one magic thing or they're after one piece of advice or they're after one little it's like it's just not there man like and that's the same as people that like i've done jujitsu for a year and never fucking had a protein shake yeah you know and it's like i'm not getting better or i'm not i'm not able to go to the gym every single day because of some fucking work like some diet regime you know supplement thing that i'm on that's like getting me out on the mat yeah what's i'm just getting myself there and i'm doing it and i do yeah. it when i feel like fucking shit and when i don't want to go yeah like i go when i don't want to go and that's like, yeah
1: that's one of the best times you can go
0: obviously and oh. just
1: build that resilience you and know? then
0: you just get to a point where you're just like shut up cunt <laughs> just going. Going. you know and yeah. even like i've said to i say to ricky all the time like oh she's like what time's trainer? we're like oh fuck I'm pretty sore don't think I'm gonna go and she's like what time's training mm. and I'm like oh it's 5.30 and she's like alright we'll, we'll do dinner at 7 yeah So well, the,
1: the, the best question to ask right now is have you ever regretted going
0: no nah, never never like yeah. and you, you never regret a workout no, no you yeah. always feel better and I'm sort of in that it's fucking hard though to like gather that momentum because I'm at that point with surfing at the moment because so before I broke my rib i'd get up and i'd surf at six every day every morning there was waves and then i'd train at either the morning or the afternoon or the night man, session that's something that i need to get in back surfing, into yeah, surfing. Fuck, i'm surfing man. i know surf whatever you want yeah I, there's so many
1: things i want know. to do it's just, you know just time man dude surfing is like i a, need to hit
0: up your mate actually the surf oh still, yeah. get a board fuck yeah because yeah. i who feel like got i might need him um oh bliss from bliss and Essay. yes that well that's what i saw yeah, and then you texted me after that yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. so hook me up with that guy oh, i fucking love that thing yeah. yeah
0: well yeah we'll get you on there
1: yeah because um, i feel like i might need a custom design board yeah you need a big dog yeah uh,
0: but yeah like it's i was in that groove where like it didn't matter how tired i was or how sore my shoulders were i just i went but then i broke my rib and i've got that groove back with training just because i have to yeah um but surfing is seems like the, a luxury like it's not a necessity at the yeah, moment yeah and i just haven't like i actually went before that's why texans had come earlier because yeah, of right. the waves of shit yeah but i was like nah you know what fuck i'm gonna go for a surf but um it's hard to like it's real easy for me to do the jujitsu thing now because it's literally a like it's i've just hit a year yeah like pretty much this week or last week or something yeah. and um it's just that's it when you do something every day for a year and it's like i've obviously had days off and some injuries and stuff but like every day i can go yeah i've pretty much gone yeah and i've never done anything every day for a year in my life yeah right like i've always how nice is that then to
1: find that it's massive bro even like this stage in life like that's the kind of stuff you think yeah i'm 30 yeah, yeah exactly yeah
0: and dude and it's it is like it's cool to like tell people that it's not too late it's not yeah. you're not too old it's not too hard like yeah. you can do it if you start and just don't stop yeah and like i'm nowhere near it bro like i feel like i've just started still but it's been a year and now like i went back to my old gym last night and there's like a bunch of new faces and there's yeah, like yeah but yeah anyone that has experienced any type of like uh, martial art or particularly
1: jiu-jitsu just mm. knows that that hole is never ending you yeah know, it's a like beautiful hole come to in. yeah yeah it's a really nice hole to go down you know because you start going to bed at night just thinking you know about passing guard or you know yeah. everything <laughs> just becomes jiu-jitsu so yeah there's up. it's a beautiful sport man it oh. is a, it's probably my favorite sport that i've done ever Well, how
0: long did you do it for
1: Oh years, man. And and but it's always been an in and out sort of yeah, thing because yeah. of situ you know, Would situations. You come train again? Absolutely. Like I'm really hoping Why I've got V come and do some stuff. Well, um I've got V C that comes like I sort of programmed for VC? him, Vicente um Cavalcanti from Southside. Southside, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 So um he's just opened the gym in the rang, so I'm really hoping to get down there.
0: Oh, that that'd be close to you. Did you do ghee as well as no yeah, gi?
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't I, I way prefer no gi. Yeah. Um but yeah, I do a little bit of ghee as well. Yeah, yeah but right. like I mean, on and off. I mean, I I was, I first got into because I was training like mi- I trained MMA, for yeah. Jesus. It was almost like three. I think three fights. Um, Did you have three MMA fights? No, no. I trained for three MMA fights. First two, the guys pulled out, and then the last one, I dislocated my knee. Ah. So, um, and as you know, like, mix much so much respect for those guys yeah, because that is a such a tough sport, man. I think it's really overlooked like how many disciplines that those guys oh, take seriously they take wrestling seriously they yeah. take jujitsu seriously it's striking boxing kickboxing like um judo you know like yeah, dude. and they take them all very seriously like they're doing so many sports and then but you know the uneducated person will just see him fighting in a cage and just go oh that's brutal yeah you know it's not it's a science it's a sport it's a beautiful sort of just Two men get going at it, and but intelligently defending themselves at the same time, and not even trying to hurt each other all the time. You know, what I don't think, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of fighters, and I've had a fair bit of experience training and sparring, and it's not usually an intention to just nah. hurt someone. It's it's to beat them at the game. Yeah, I'm just you know? executing a
0: technique. Yeah, when I'm like, yeah. Even last night, like I. Footlock what does
1: Rogan call it? Um, problem solving with dire consequences. Yeah, dire consequences, yeah. yeah.
0: well, like yeah, that's a last night I got a footlock on a dude. He's a great friend. Like he's dude, I trained with. All, like he started when I did actually. Yeah, and um, footlocked him, and he's like ah, like it was just the perf. Like I just did it perfectly. Yeah. And I was, as soon as I heard that and he tapped, I let go. And I'm like, fuck you all good. So, He's uh, sorry. And like, you, I don't want to hurt people. I don't even want to yep. choke them, but it's like, I'm, this is just the end of the technique. But that that's the incredible beauty do. with jujitsu. Yeah. You know,
1: like you and I can go at it a hundred percent. Yeah. Not. Twenty percent, you know, like if we were sparring boxing, you know, we'd be going like 20, yeah, 30 percent because we don't want to hurt be, each other. Yeah, you got to be. If we, you know, turn it into rolling, we can go a hundred percent. I could literally try and choke you unconscious or break your arm. Yeah. As soon as you tap, I let go, and not only did I not hurt you, we can turn around and do it immediately, straight away yeah. again. Yeah. That is like that. I love that about jujitsu.
0: There's a there's definitely a, a, like a confidence that comes with it too in the oh, fact yeah. that like. Because, so like, you know, you always get the friends that will say, Oh, would this work? And would this work? And I'm like, Dude, if you don't know it, you don't, like, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And it's like, if you can beat somebody that is doing the same sport and, like, knows what you know, and then you can outdo them when they know what to do, like, what chance do you think a random dude has that has no fucking idea what an arm drag is? Yeah. And has no idea. Zero, man. Like, you, you know, know, with, if you're training,
1: I believe, you know, and cause I worked security for like four or five years and, uh, I only was started jujitsu in the last sort of two years of that. I never felt any, I never felt so confident really? that I did, Yeah, when I knew jujitsu, because oh, although cool. I was handy with my hands, um, if you and I squared up with our hands, you still have 50% to oh, put me down, man. Oh, if you throw a hand and I, and, and clip me, yeah. I'm going down. Yeah. But turn that into jujitsu or turn that into wrestling. So if I can close that distance and don't even worry about throwing these things, if I close that distance and you are not trained, you've got zero percent, zero percent. Like you absolutely have no chance. And again, like (laughs) quoting Rogan again, but the way he describes guys that fight on the street with this ridiculous amount of confidence, it's like, dude- you're not trained. Like yeah. y- you You are so confident to compete in something. If you want to fight someone, you know, but you're not trained, you might be fighting someone that is trained. Yeah. Then you're not going to, you have, why are you so confident? Like why are these guys so confident to fight on the street? It would be like you not knowing and challenging me to a swimming race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have 0% chance because I'm a trained, I'm trained at that. Swimmer, yeah. yeah, you know, even th- these days, like I'm still trained at that. I'm still good at that. Same goes with fighting. Yeah. You know and obviously I'm in the fitness industry so there's a lot of big dudes that you know make these assumptions that they're also tough like just because you're big you're not tough yeah. and it doesn't mean you can fight man you know because I've been I've had my ass handed to me by you know 60 kilo guys that just stitch me up on the mats oh yeah
0: yeah it's it's definitely it's cool though like Jack freestone he came on last he is a blue belt yeah Pro on the world tour blue belt like yeah. dude's a weapon. And Isn't that uh, like? A, don't you have to be a, like dude, if you surf, so you have ma- to do jujitsu, so and if you do jujitsu, ma- you have to surf yeah, now. It, it does. <laughs> feel a rule, like it, eh? yeah Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was funny, like, because we were sort of talking about it, and he, um he's like asked if I'd ever had to like do anything, and I'm like, dude, now that I feel like I could pretty much fuck up like anyone that's within twenty kilos, thirty kilos of yeah. me, like above i just feel like i would i'd be stupid to even do it because that's I'd be, right i'd be like oh dude like yeah. i would feel i would honestly feel bad if some dude come up to me and then i ended up choking him <laughs> in front yeah. of everybody unconscious laying on the floor i'd feel like the biggest fucking bully yeah like loser because it's like he didn't even know like yeah
1: i have this same conversation with a lot of the 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 parents that i train and because i encourage them to, to get their kids into jiu-jitsu and they're, yeah oh. Oh no, you know like I wouldn't want him using it at school and that and I'm like he won't Trust want to, me. Yeah. Exactly. They don't need to cuz once you have that yeah. you don't need to prove anything. And that's like all well, these guys on the streets, you know, the ones that don't know how to fight like they're getting they're around the like the they, they, they ones, Yeah, yeah. cuz they feel like they need to prove something. When you and by all, no means am I saying you know I'm I'm anything special but when you feel like you can fight, or, or you, you, can know, you know, you know martial, yeah, you don't need to, yeah, you know, everything. I became much more calm when you know when I started learning jujitsu.
0: Yeah, well, I would feel like a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah, I would feel like and I've also thought about it too. And like, you know
1: that everyone would condemn it anyway, that's like exactly all the guys right, that you train yeah. with, would be like, that'd be like, what, what are do you do? Doing? Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, because even, dude, I even get shit in the gym for like beating up someone that you can it's just like just because you can't like even in the gym where you're like supposed to yeah it's like dude don't beat that guy up yeah dial it back yeah, yeah. like yeah have some fucking and that's where you know that's where that's obviously sick.
1: people get or i get really frustrated when i see stuff on the news and people condemning mixed martial arts and calling it brutal and stuff like that yeah you just need to spend one week at a martial arts gym yeah and you will understand that everyone there is so level-headed no one's got egos everyone's gentle everyone's calm you know like it's a, it's a beautiful sport and it's frustrating when, you know, um, people voice their opinion on things they don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just fucking culture at the moment, eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, social media is yeah. uh, pretty pretty handy with that. Oh, but, I I, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love social media and I just did a post on that recently about how, um, you know, I, I really enjoy social media and I don't like when it gets condemned because people go, oh, there's so much crap on there and so much negatives." scroll past it dude yeah just scroll straight past it like social media and instagram is so awesome to seek out and find the things that that keep you positive and motivated and stuff like that and um you know even me with my small following um you know people message me all the time and thank me just for motivating them yeah you know without even knowing it so now i've adapted that just recently like as, as somewhat of a responsibility now yeah um You know, reaching out to the people that choose to follow me and and choose to message me and and thank me for stuff like that. Um, Just keep that content going and then create this, you know, um, environment where everyone's supporting everyone.
0: I've found that to be a huge part of this experience as well is like the messages that I get. And obviously, the bigger it gets, the more messages that you get, which is cool. And it's been a real like... I feel like at any point in the day now, like I'd have a fuckload of unread you know like the requests or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like I have a, i'd have a lot of them and i could guarantee that if i went into them right now i could fill that with positive responses to people that are either saying thanks or i love this and yeah. this is great and this helped me through this time and i love this episode with this guy or ryan's super inspirational how nice is jack like that's it seems like there is a place that i can go yeah and be really positive all the time yeah and and it is cool Uh, and I just I I agree with you like I just try not to look at the negativity but I do still find it weird that there is a reason to be negative yeah you know but I think that that's not that's not the platform's fault that's culture's fault that's society's fault.
1: it's weird that people feel like they have to voice their opinion on negative sort of stuff
0: it's weird there's a there is like I don't think Instagram really but then again it's like yeah but see i I don't know whether that can be the fault of the platform because it's like the more views uh, the more comments something gets the bet more it's going to be seen which means the more comments it's going to get there's like a couple videos on my youtube where i just get fucking panned it's just like two videos of like unanimously like it's just these bandwagon comments so it's like everyone says the same thing oh i'm chiming in again here blah 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 and i'm just like you're all it's like this little mob mentality it's like because one person says it's shit then everybody else it's okay now there's a green light yeah yeah it's like this weird thing and then you get like it's funny like i try not to read that many comments but these two videos actually just have me interested yeah and it's just like and and the weird thing too though is like that they're videos that um are just segments from the podcast so there's a three-hour chat and then they want to judge the oh, whole yeah, podcaster, And then it's like, and it's me and Chad Reed going back and forth. Yeah. And we're almost having like a, a bit, and not an argument, but it sort of is like, we're ha- it's a pretty heated conversation about yeah. James Stewart yeah. and his, what he did for the sport and blah, blah, blah. That was his biggest rival. So I'm having to be on the side of this fence, sort of playing devil's advocate. And I agree with some stuff, but then I'm like, yeah, but then think about this. And then, so I was in the position of like, almost being on james's side on some stuff yep which is okay yeah and it's like <laughs> so then all the the feedback is oh this dude just talked the whole podcast and ah. i'm like go listen to, the, this is 20 minutes yeah okay this is yeah. 20 minutes where we're having like a fucking heated back and forth yeah like this we don't do this for three hours yeah but you want to criticize my entire like existence as a fucking podcast interviewer based on this 20 minutes that you've seen and it's like it's you have to keep perspective though that that's just what it is Mm. and not get not take what those people are saying seriously it's like but then at the same time you just can't shut it out and be like pay no attention to any negative comment you get because at some point someone will say something true that you should listen to should yeah you should recognize yeah but it's like you know it just was interesting to keep that context of like this is just a segment Mm -hmm. of this interview and this was the part we picked and the other part was with uh ben townley and we're like we're really good friends and we just were going back and forth on him training with Alden. And that's another guy I know really well. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, someone logs on. That's the only thing they see. And they're like, this dude just keeps interrupting. And I'm like, bro, we're having a full on back and forth about like a person we know. But it's just, it's, it's just weird. I think that that's where people just, it's just so easy to be negative. It's so easy to, that's like your first thought. Like a lot of people's first thought isn't positivity. Yeah. Which is, I just don't know where that comes from or if like the platforms like do that just because, you know, bad news or these comments and it's just what keeps people engaged and on the platform, they get in these yeah. comment wars with each other and it just, it keeps people on the platform. Yeah, And I'm like, fuck, is that really what they're trying to do? Is like almost allow or create a place where this behavior manifests and, kind of gets carried on yeah are they just doing that so people stay on there longer it's
1: like, weird I, I don't re- resonate with any of that because mm. I've never ever been a troll you know I've never ever no,
0: I'm the same I've com- never commented like, on anything it's weird yeah. like I don't know anyway man what about your training yeah when are, when are you going to come lift some weights I want to I'm a, so this is what I want to talk to you about yeah is like I go back and forward with the whole training thing yeah because well obviously I train every day but it's sports specific so it's like, I'm struggling just to keep up with the workload that I'm putting on myself training yeah. every day. Yeah. And then it's like, so do I, I, I couldn't add weights on top of what I'm already doing. Yeah. So what I'd have to do was I'd have to take training sessions away, sports specific. Yeah. And add in the weight training and the kind of training we would do together. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like weighing up because I'm like, jujitsu is such a knowledge-based thing. Like I can be physically not as fit physically not yeah. as strong but i can win yeah i can beat a person that is on better based on knowledge yeah and skill and um uh, just and technique exactly and yeah, yeah. I So mean, it's like that's the balances i'm like what should i do should i try and be bigger and stronger because for competition i think that'd be better yeah um but it's like in this stage where i think I think especially in like the lower levels of something when you're learning so much and there's so much information coming at you. Yeah. Then it's like, should you spend more time sports specific
1: or? Well, that's going to come from your confidence in a program. You know, like, so is the program in the gym, is it going to contribute positively to your outcome that you want? Yeah. Um, And that would just be, so yeah, you would have to, take away a jiu-jitsu session or two to throw in the weights but then you know that's going to have your faith in the coach in the program and know that it's going to sort of gear towards that goal i mean as you know i work in a facility where there's a lot of golfers and i think golf you know is is right up there on top of the skill-based sports yeah yeah but you know if i can sort of give so i'm not a golf coach i'm a strength and conditioning coach and I'm, I'm very well known for staying in my lane and treating athletes like athletes and making that athlete my philosophy is to make an athlete sort of obviously stronger that's what i do but if it's uh, a power-based sport i make them more powerful if it's a conditioning based you know endurance sport i make them more more conditioned for their sport yeah um, i train their energy systems but basically I can turn somebody into a better athlete specific to that sport. That's my role. Yeah. Then I give it back to the golf coach or the jujitsu coach. And that coach has a better athlete, a better base to work with. So now all of your sessions, so whether it's, you know, if you're doing a golf session with your golf coach, everything becomes, again, I love that word, more efficient Yeah. because you're a more efficient athlete. So that your coach has something better to work with. Um, and that's obviously something that I wholly and solely believe in in the fact that having strength and conditioning on your side is something that's worthwhile is something that's going to make those skill-based sessions more efficient
0: yeah that that's sort of where I'm leaning more towards because like I said it's been a year of like fucking hard work yeah and I feel like I'm I'm like a saw that's like just grinding and like I'm my body's sort of in a groove in yeah. a way. And yeah. I, and now I'm like, Oh, I could see myself now. Like, cause you get injured almost every session. Yeah. Little, you know, grip things, ankle things, little knee tweaks, yeah. little back tweaks, neck tweaks. And I feel like, I'm constantly working around these little tweaks and stuff that I've got. Yeah. Well, you're proving my
1: point right there. Exactly. You know, perhaps so perhaps now if you I... had a solid strength and conditioning program, these things wouldn't exist. You'd be able to focus more clearly on what you on the job at hand. Yeah. You know, you might be stronger, you might be more powerful, you'd be more resilient, you know, and resistant to injuries. So, um. yeah I mean I get I totally get because again I work with you know golfers and tennis players and it's like you know just want to be on the court yeah yeah they just want to be out practicing their sport but if you can kind of get the message across to them in the right way yeah they'll understand and usually it's um it's a case in the golf industry it's a case of someone winning you know a title and then credit in their strength and conditioning yeah then then all of a sudden um everyone
0: wants well, to be in the gym well you can start to see dudes like I think when Dustin Johnson came on the yep. scene and just and like Rory, yeah, like Rory was like this chubby little fucking Irish kid, yeah, and then all of a sudden is just jacked as fuck, yep. and is like if Rory,
1: of, yeah, if Rory wins something and mentions his strength and conditioning all of a sudden my inbox gets filled with golfers that want to yeah, train you know yeah. and then uh, and dj's the
0: same like he's a fucking yeah. athlete yeah, yeah like, he's a weapon too we're seeing athletes now yeah tour. and
1: it's nice to see those guys doing real lifts you know um don't get me started on golf specific yeah. training uh i won't even get started
0: well what you said was really cool about um a direct uh like a direct indicator of how far you can hit a golf ball is how high you can vertically yeah. jump.
1: Yeah, and that's that's you know that's a beautiful piece of information. So it's scientifically valid it's been proven that your ability to jump or your vertical jump is directly related with how far you can hit a golf ball. Now Every single golfer I've ever coached, every single golfer wants to hit it further. I've never met a golfer,
0: and every statistic that doesn't in hit it golf further. shows that the further you hit the ball, the lower your scores are. The further
1: you hit the ball, the better club selection you have coming up to the green. Yeah. So, um, therefore, you know you want to be able ability, to bomb it, control the spin. Yeah, you want to be able to bomb it off the tee. So, um, things that affect your vertical jump are, you know, doing your box jumps, getting your heavy squats sorted, deadlifts. Yep. Yep. So having a solid plan. Um, and then as soon as I can get that message across the golfers, then they become a little bit more interested in the strength and condition inside. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, a lot of golfers just want to hang onto a cable and just do wood chops because it looks
0: like golf. Looks like what they're doing. Yeah. yeah so, yeah.
1: um, I'm the guy that says, no, let's make your legs stronger. What's the most efficient way to make your legs stronger? let's make your hip extension better so how can we train your glutes to make your hips extend with more power yeah you know these are things that don't look like golf but i break down the body parts and train those body parts the most efficient way i can so squats are an excellent way to train the legs make the legs stronger kettlebell swings are a great way to make the hips more explosive yeah none of these things look like golf but broken up into their individual aspects and then combine it's not my job to combine them yeah i leave that for the golf pro so then the golf bro can combine this athlete that now has stronger legs, stronger base, stronger um, stability and support, and
0: they can do more with that athlete. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. And I think too, like even my benefit that I think that I would feel is like, I feel like, yeah, I'm just wearing a groove in my body. And I yeah. feel like even aside from like strength gains or any other gains, moving my, like forcing my body to move in a yeah. way that is like symmetrical and and using different um and a bit of
1: resistance man like yeah. we don't have resistance on our bodies that much this day and age yeah there's so many things to help us move shit you know yeah it's very rare that we have to pick shit up and carry it and move it yeah that's a you good know? point. yeah so the the gym is is that place where we do it was funny i was having this conversation this morning with one of my clients where the gym is that place where we choose the harder option In life, we always choose the easiest option. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So even your posture and stuff in the gym where uh, like, you know, I love training with dead balls. So I love picking them up, carrying them, throwing them, you know. um, So I had a guy with it this morning and the natural instinct is when you hold the dead ball. So like a 30, 30, 40 kilo dead ball up high on your chest you move your hips and you kind of lean back because you counterbalance that weight. Yeah. And that's where I said, okay, so in the gym, this is where we're going to choose the harder option. So instead of leaning back and using your hips as basically a seesaw, I'm going to get you to remain upright and use all your postural muscles to resist that weight. And then we're going to do some squats or some cleans or, you know, and go from there. But the gym is this place that we need these days because life's too easy that's a really really good point you know when was the last time you were chased by a saber-toothed tiger or you had to build your home out of rocks and sticks you know like we got it pretty easy these days so it's nice to throw yourself in that deep end and i love you know i love the gym and using the resistance of weights
0: and there is a thing too to where it's like when you get in a habit of so like perfect example for me is like tidy in the house i just don't give a fuck to do it you know like i don't like mess into or i don't like dirt shit being dirty yeah but i don't mind if it's like messy yeah there's like a towel out of place or some fucking clothes next to the washing machine like it doesn't you know what i mean it doesn't like it doesn't stress me out yeah but that is choosing the easy option and i think that when you get in a habit of like staring at something like a weight where you're like well i could leave it on the floor or I could move it up and down. Yeah. Moving it up and down is harder, but it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think that that sort of carries over to other aspects of your life. It does and it doesn't
1: because I'm really disappointed in myself. I'm actually really lazy um, outside of the gym.
0: Yeah, but you've probably got such an extreme relationship with the gym though to where like you've got to have some counterbalance. You've got to have some chill like out, the, relax the time per, and yeah. Yeah, like that the casual person going into the gym is probably has like an opposite reaction to that but then again like they've probably got other pressures and shit going on in their life from their work or whatever yeah but like i could see it being a yeah a little bit to where it's like you're so fucking tired every day it's like yeah whatever that shit barely matters or
1: or maybe i got myself in this mindset where i'm like i'll save it for the gym you know i'll save that energy for the gym
0: and just over the years it's just kind of made me quite lazy outside of the gym and you do you mean that with just like tidying and shit like that or yeah 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 (laughs) guilty like you but you cook and stuff too right but i guess that's for the gym right yeah 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 like so i don't know i'm what are you doing nutrition wise nothing at all yeah like that's what i need to i need to step up that game but that just comes out of being fucking busy too you know yeah like really busy but i'm lucky that i eat well like ricky cooks really well like we'll have Like this week to run through the food we had like chicken um chicken pasta with like um like prosciutto and sun-dried tomatoes and shit and then the next night we had like lamb chops with roasted vegetables Mm -hmm. and so it's like i'm eating good food and every morning i pretty much do two poached eggs avocado on toast yeah right so that's like pretty much every morning and then lunch is sort of random we'll make like salads a lot for lunch so i I eat good Yeah But then I'll literally Eat half a big block Of chocolate at night Pretty much every night You can
1: Yeah but You can fit that but in But that's your That's, that's my your thing yeah, yeah You yeah. know Like a lot of people That know me And follow me Know that I eat A lot of pizza And, and you know Chocolate and paddle pops Rainbow paddle pops Are my jam Dude I know
0: Wait did yeah. you know That rainbow paddle pops Are just caramel Caramel Fucking I hell. only
1: found that out Like two weeks ago Dude. And now every time I eat them I'm like
0: It fucks it up a bit, be, eh? Yeah it does I wish I didn't know that Oh that's so I true. wish I didn't know that I'm exactly yeah. the same And I feel bad like saying it to people yeah yeah you you ruin it it's fucking rainbow you know i feel like the secrets out on that though because i was like this is just a kaleidoscope of magical colors yeah it's just fucking caramel. come together
1: it's just caramel
0: that's like a bit of a head fuck on like every flavoring of everything though well i just i just stick to my rainbow paddle pot
1: i do i if gay times are on special
0: i got then uh, we go down the gay time i got a gay time tub have you had that the gay no. time in a tub. No, I got that upstairs. It's okay. pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's like a weird texture, though. We were yeah. talking about it the other night. Yeah, that it's like the a, cookie bits get a bit yeah, like uh, soggy. Moist. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Yeah, so I don't know whether I'm all the way, yeah, all the way into it. But
1: like I was gonna say, man, you can fit like people don't realize you can fit anything into your diet. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to avoid foods. So like, obviously, if you have a, a reaction to that food, then avoid it. But- People get too hung up on this junk food versus healthy food. You know, there's no, there's just food. There's nutrients and there's food. And certain foods have more nutritional value than other foods. But what we, as a society, what we class as a junk food is something that is not very nutritionally dense. So, poor nutrition, but high calories. So, it costs costs a lot in terms of calories and doesn't give you a lot of bang for buck in terms of, you know, macronutrients or micronutrients what we class as a healthy food in society is something that's relatively calorie low, like low yeah. sort of caloric value, but high nutritionally dense value. So, you know, you good sort of macro. So most people these days are aware of their macronutrients being protein, carbs, and fats. Um, and then, you know, your micronutrients coming from your sources of greens, which is, I guess, is the general public sort of take on nutrition. But, You can work out your caloric value that you turn over in a day and you just got to fit it in. You just got to fit in your nutrition and then you can fit in your rainbow paddle pops and your pizzas. Um, I'm a little bit lucky because... um, You burn so many calories. I burn a lot of calories and and being a larger guy, like 120 kilos, my metabolism is higher than most people. So, if you think in terms of money, um, in terms of the the value or the calories that you tick over in a day, I have more value got more budget more budget to spend on whatever i want so i can fit in uh, what i what i prescribe or what i subscribe to is my own sort of nutrition plan which is the three and free diet so with three and free i prescribe three meals and I research the shit out of them and make sure that they're the most nutritionally dense meals that I can prescribe that is sustainable. Yeah. So again, sustainability is number one. There's, yeah. you know you, you, if it's not sustainable, forget about it. Number two is your caloric intake. So the most important thing is sustainability and then caloric intake. You got to work out how many calories you need to consume in a day. If you want to lose weight or gain weight, you go in a caloric deficit. If you want to gain weight, you go in a caloric surplus. The third most important thing is what you do with those calories. So do you distribute it a higher protein intake, a higher carbohydrate intake, higher fat intake? Believe it or not, you know, most people think carbs are the enemy calories are the enemy mm. right if you want to lose weight so you know people go on about the keto the ketogenic diet and they think it's a, a magic diet that burns fat well yes the whole point of the keto diet is to run on ketones which is derivative which is fat yeah, fat but you're consuming more fat yeah and it's it's you know and i've got a friend that i'm thinking of right now that did lose a lot of weight on keto and he thinks that the keto diet is just magic solution to losing weight well all you did dude was you paid attention to what you were eating and you stopped overeating carbs yeah <laughs> because carbs are really easy to overeat yeah. they're, they're probably the best tasting
0: food yeah. you know um, and sugar's fall under the category of carbs essentially yes. too yeah, so yeah. you've got t- a lot of people have two things that they think about they think of sugars as one thing carbs as another but really, you're eating the same thing. Yes, In, yeah. a, in a way, in terms of how, so it's they both fall under the umbrella. Yeah, yeah. they both
1: fall under the bre- umbrella of carbohydrates. And glu- but um,
0: glucose. Or, but as soon as yeah. you
1: eliminate that from your diet, or it's usually as soon as anyone pays attention to their diet. Yeah, you know, if they go vegan, you know, it's not because you've gone vegan. It's usually because agree. you've just paid attention to what you're eating. Um, so, but yeah, I'm not here to sort of argue whether you know um, which diet or which whatever, diet, yeah. Or like what I focus on is your caloric intake. Um, you know, I can show you science this high and validate it that caloric intake is number one after sustainability. But it has
0: to be like there's. It's just like it, it's Occam's razor. It's it's
1: weird. Um, it's weird that diet can get so complex and and people can sort of confuse people so much because basically, well, I think if you just pay attention to, justify, to your calories,
0: yeah. a lot of nutritionists want to justify, yeah, that paycheck really like yeah the well there's a guy that, it is. there's a
1: good guy that calls out a lot of bullshit um lane norton i'm, I'm sure some oh, a lot yeah, of people yeah, are familiar yeah, yeah. with him so lane norton phd and he'll ram it down your throat that he's got a phd <laughs> like yeah. he's renowned he's been on rogan right uh, yes yeah he was on rogan with they, they did um, that Dom, keto was it don Dio- yeah, yeah. D'Agostino. so um yeah they had a really good conversation and i i really enjoyed that conversation but if you follow lane online He's a bit of a bully and, and he's known... In a way, it's good because he calls bullshit. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's bad just because the way he goes about it, it's almost like he was probably... Condescending. Yeah, yeah, cond- condescending and, and continually brings up the fact that he has a PhD, which is yeah. cool. But, um, you know, the way he goes about certain things. But his message is really simple as well. Calories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, calories. And then then use those calories for something decent, something nutritionally dense. Yeah. So the whole thing with my three and free diet is I prescribe three meals that are super calorie dense and then I give you a window at the end of the day. Or really I like the window at the end of the day. You can have that window wherever you want. So I'll give you your remaining calories. So if my three nutritionally dense meals cost, let's just say a thousand calories and your metabolism burns 2,000 calories in a day, and you're looking for a maintenance style diet, which is obviously consuming the same amount of calories that yep. you burn in a day. Well, if my three meals that I prescribe are 1,000 calories, I'm gonna give you another 1,000 calories for you to go nuts, right? Because I'm satisfied that my three meals that I prescribed are- is enough nutrients. Is enough nutrients, so enough protein, carbs, and fats, and micronutrients, to sort of satiate you and give your body something to do with. So if you're training in the gym, give you enough protein so you can recover. Um, but then I give you your window of your, your what I call your free calories. It has been something that I've followed for easily seven years, easily, without yeah. even thinking about it. And then everyone that sort of trains under me, I, I nurture them into this three and free style and everyone is amazed that they can lose weight, but still eat whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And that you can just fit it in. And it's uh, it's almost like, because people talk about if it fits your macros or flexible dieting. Um, and if you're a trainer online and you promote that diet, you tell everyone it's the easiest thing ever. It's so easy. I can eat whatever I want. And that's where this whole mm. sort of fitness thing where people were putting up photos of Pop-Tarts and the pizza. And, oil, and yeah, everyone's sort of saying, oh, look, I'm eating yeah. pizza and I'm still losing weight. Yeah, you are, because you're just in a caloric deficit. Yeah. But uh, if it fits your macros, basically says you can eat... uh, Well, they give you your caloric value, so they might work out that your metabolism will tick over or your total daily energy expenditure is 2,500 calories. Then what they do is they divide those two and a half calories between protein, carbs, and fats. And they say, okay, man, I want you to eat 120 grams of protein... 160 grams of carbs and 40 grams of fat. Go nuts. And so people go, Oh, I've got all this freedom because I can eat whatever I want as long as I hit those numbers. But now you're spending all day on your phone yeah. tracking those goddamn numbers and tracking everything that goes into your face. Right. So you can, yeah, sure, you can have your Pop Tarts for breakfast and then pizza for lunch, but now you're out of carbs and fats. Yeah. And now you can basically only eat boiled chicken for the rest of the day because you've got to fit in and make up your protein count. Yeah. So that, to me, that's not the most sustainable way to go about it. Um, I really like my three and free plan where I give you three meals and then you don't have to worry about anything else but calories. Yeah. It just makes it so much easier. But um, it's always going to be a reflection of your motivation because some people say that's a difficult diet the one that I prescribe and I go whoa because all I usually I get told it's easy but then I sort of get a little bit deeper and it's always just a reflection of their true motivation if something's difficult you're just not
0: motivated enough well that's what I've been saying lately is like good things come to those who really want them yeah it's like that it's literally that
1: yeah motivate like this again I've had a few tough years and I know that motivation is you know sort of the most important thing in my life, being motivated, but also discipline, and not confusing motivation with discipline. You well, know? you have to earn
0: motivation,
1: I reckon. Well, yeah, I think it's, it g- comes very closely in hand with discipline. Being disciplined yeah. enough, you know, because people will say, "Oh, you know, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not very motivated." Well, get more discipline then.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, it's true, and I think that uh, motivation runs on momentum. Which is, it's it's a constant maintenance phase. Like you have to keep, you have to keep yourself motivated. Like I think that, yeah, it's a that's a real hard one. And and that's what I was saying before about the surfing. Like I'm motivated to train. I'm sort of not that motivated to surf. Yeah. I know I want to surf. Yeah. But getting out of the bed when the alarm goes off, like you know. But when it comes to training, that's easy. Yeah. And again, it's like good things come to those who really want it. Do I just? Do I really want to surf? Right right now not really obviously because if i did i'd just do it there's nothing stopping me yeah there's time and blah blah blah. well i can fucking make more time if i'm more disciplined yeah so there's like these it's like discipline and motivation really they do go hand in hand and then you've got momentum and if you can keep momentum like keep a ball rolling don't fall too far off the wagon don't Mm. take too many days out of the water don't have too many days off the program to where you can let yourself slide to the point where motivation's lost because i really i do think that there is like a a a relationship between that and momentum that you really have to keep you have to keep it within the same sort of window yeah if they get fully torn apart then you literally start from square one the rock is at a standstill and you've you know it's it's so much easier to push a fucking rock when it's already moving yeah right you know that and that's what i think about that momentum of of motivation? I
1: th- Yeah, I think I've got a
0: good example in regards to goal
1: setting and motivation and, and momentum because something that I've been focusing on a lot lately is, is with my athletes and clients where they set their goals and what they compare themselves to. Yeah. That's really, really important because people will set their goals sky high, which I encourage. Sure, reach for the stars. But you're not allowed to compare yourself to that goal. Mm. All right? So you need to compare yourself to where you are. So, not only do you need to set a goal, you also need to recognize where you are. So, obviously, in my industry, it might be a strength sort of thing or or a fat sort of thing, like seeing your body fat percentage. Um, And they, you know, someone might say, okay, I want to be 8% body fat, but they're currently, say, 20% body fat. If they just keep looking at that 8%, it's going to be a really shitty process yeah. because you're always going to be comparing yourself to 8% which you're not at and you know what you don't really have a right to compare yourself to that so I'll put it in a different light um, I have a guy that I'm thinking of right now and he trains really well but for, nothing's ever good enough for him yeah so we did a hundred like he did his first hundred kilo bench the other day so I'm high-fiving him you know and he's like oh it should be like 120 should be like you know I should be heaps stronger yeah, well, why? Half empty. why are you allowed to compare yourself to that because you've just done something you've never physically done in your life. The hundred kilo bench was his PB. So you instead of why are you pissed off, you should be celebrating. You literally just did something you have never physically been able to do in your life. Yeah, and you pissed off about it. It's simply because of what he's comparing it to. He should have been comparing it to where he started, which was forty kilos bench three months ago. Yeah. Right. So it all that's where sort of that momentum, I guess you're sort of talking about, comes into light because. If you set a goal, excellent. Recognize that goal, see where it is. But you need to know also recognize where you're starting. And that's where you compare yourself to. And you just monitor yourself on that goal, but you don't compare to it. Comparison is the thief of joy. Did you just make that up or is that a no, a saying. That's a saying like I was going to say, nice one, man. <laughs> that's a saying
0: from a man much smarter than me. Yeah. I don't know who actually said that. But yeah, that's like a that is a super true statement like yeah. comparison is the thief of joy yeah, anytime right. you compare yourself to anything that like you're not going to be or you know that you're not yet it's not going to feel good yeah. and then if you're comparing yourself to someone that's worse than you yeah then that's coming from a place of ego which is probably not a great place to live either yeah i'm um i'm actually
1: listening to that audiobook, uh the subtle art of not giving a fuck right now oh yeah and i mean i know it's old news to a lot of people i i sort of started seeing it i think like easily three or three years ago yeah started seeing people reading it and stuff and i was almost drawn away from it because of the title because mm. it's like, oh, you know, I would assume that the book is all about not giving a fuck. Yeah. But it's not. You know, if you if you actually read the book it's giving it, a fuck about the right about shit. About the right shit. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, mindset-wise, you know, knowing that life is happening for you and you are responsible for the way that you receive, you know, everything that's happening yeah. to you. So in a way, you're always responsible. Um, did you ever read Extreme Ownership? Yeah, yeah, Jocko Willink. Yeah, yeah.
0: that was a really cool book dude, I've too. I met him. He's a fucking. Oh, you met him? Yeah, he's a really good dude. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. He'll come on this next, like next yeah, time he's in Australia. So I met him last time he was here. Really yeah, wow. Nice Tell him to guy. come and train with me, dude. I fucking will for yeah. sure. Yeah, he's yeah. He's a crazy, crazy, crazy nice dude. Yeah, but I'll yeah, test I, his I, craziness. yeah, I read that. Um, I read that. Extreme ownership. Like I met him at a book signing. I I just went mm. there for it. Wanted to meet it's him. It's a very powerful concept, mate. It's fucking foolproof. Yeah, really. Yeah, in my opinion. so basically
1: it means just being uh, taking full everything's responsibility. Everything's your life. Yeah, yeah
0: everything's yeah. your fault. Because yeah. I I like to think like my one of my main philosophies in life is I want to be a person that happens to the world. I don't want to be a um person that the world, the world happens to. to yeah because that just is my way of saying like i don't want to be a victim yeah and it's fucked up in a way because like there is shit that is out of your control and it's your fault and they're fucked up situations to be in but at the end of the day somewhere along the line you made a choice to put yourself in that place yeah somehow some way that. you're responsible for it or or you're yeah. you always responsible I think what the
1: more powerful message is you're always responsible for how you react to situations 100% um, and a really good mate of mine Steve um, who I get to train with, you know, fair few times a week. He um, is always saying, you know, life is happening for you, and there's always a lesson to learn out of every situation. And mm-hmm. he's right, man. He's right. And if you can let go of that ego, like as you know, you know, I've had some things, you know, some good and bad things happen to me over the last few years. And uh, if I can sort of just let let go of my ego and just learn the lessons and look forward to the to the point in life where. Um, I'm hoping that I will be thankful for the experiences that, oh, I, man, that, that I
0: have that fucking always happens too. like I've, I've got a friend that he's one of my best friends he's going through a tough time with like a relationship and whatever and you know I like I'm seeing him now struggling and I'm seeing him this upset and I'm talking to him and I'm going through everything with him and I'm like I feel so fucking bad for him but at the same time like it's so hard to tell people when they're in the moment that like, there will be a point when this fucking yeah. shitstorm turns into a rainbow. That's where I'm and at. And it's man. like, it's either, you know, in the case of like, say it's a girlfriend that breaks up with you and it's like, all right, well, here's the fucking, here's the thing. You're either going to get back with her and it's going to be great because you've had time apart and you have figured out what you really wanted. And mm-hmm. then you come back to each other. Happy fucking story or it doesn't and you end up with a new person yeah. that you fucking love and you have all these experiences and then you take everything that the that lessons you that you learned that. out of that and then you put it into this new thing just and it's like, like you
1: said happy story
0: again either way yeah you know like, and but it's like that's a way you have to look at it yeah. and it sucks in the moment and I think that there's a certain um, validity to feeling everything that you're supposed to feel in a situation like you know you should feel angry you should feel um disrespected you should feel uh heartbroken you should feel sad because in life you need those things to then create the yang to that yin which would be happiness love joy appreciation gratitude Yeah. yeah so it's like you can't have all those things you can't have dark without light. You yeah. can't have fucking wet without dry. Yeah. There's all that there's a, there's a duality in life that you cannot like as much as you want to know. There's, the- there's
1: a gift somewhere, you know? Um, and with my situation, you know, I've gone through the, the divorce from hell that's, that's dragging out over two years and, and it, it's affected my time and my relationship with my daughter that I hold, you know, you know how closely I hold her to my heart. Yeah. Um, But I guess the gift that I'm going to take out of it is when I have a good relationship, I think I'm going to be a a great person in that relationship and I'm going to appreciate my daughter even more. Yeah. So, um, you know what I'm doing this weekend? What's that? I'm, uh, I'm doing ayahuasca. Are
0: you? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You gotta tell me where you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, um, uh, are you doing it here? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah.
1: In Byron. No shit. Yeah, proper like guided by a shaman and a proper ceremony so not just, you know, getting on ayahuasca. It's it's a proper guided sort of ceremony. Yeah. Um and it was from because I put up a post not too long ago about I was I was so prepared. I was going to travel to Peru and um and do the proper ceremony over yeah. there. Yeah. And then, I was only just
0: talking about that like yesterday. Yeah, the,
1: the beauty of social media again. Uh, a friend that I've known you know for years, a really, really good mate of mine, I used to swim with him. He reached out and he goes, Hey, dude, you know my family, Noah Sharman and blah, blah, blah. And it's all come from there. And uh, Damn. tomorrow, man, it's on.
0: Have you done much psychedelic stuff before no, that? No, nah, nothing. Yeah, my advice would be that... You, I'm, um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm a bit scared. You yeah, know, I'm you, nervous, yeah, you will But um, be. the thing with psychedelics is, well, like you've smoked weed. Yeah, like, that's a psychedelic. Yeah, really.
1: Yeah. So the well, I like to. I vape most nights. You know, that's part of my sort of nighttime routine, and and that's not a that's not a decision that I took lightly. You know, like I've never sort of gotten into any drugs or barely even drink or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny when you start to do real research. On certain things and um, vaping at night for me has been something that I've introduced into my healthy routine. But I'm the exact same. Yeah, man. it's part of my health routine, and uh, you know, a lot of people are resistant or, or you know, sort of are taken back by that. But give it, what do you reckon, three to five years, it'll be
0: completely
1: mainstream.
0: I almost that's I can why, guarantee That's it. why I'm cool to talk about it on this, and I just yeah. I don't give a fuck because like in you know anyone that wants to judge me for smoking weed and whatever i'm like dude in three years you'll look like fucking idiots or five yeah. years or because everyone's gonna do it I, we're just yeah, I believe so. we're people that are ahead of the curve yeah. and it's the same as when i'm fucking old like 35 36 37 old start doing trt and i'll do all the shit that's taboo because like the reason all this shit's taboo is it's just old 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 ideas yeah that have become ingrained in the yeah. culture and i just don't i don't feel too to comfortable
1: be, talking about it um because I'm not I'm not an expert Yeah But the research that I did To to make the, the decision That I made To vape at night um, You know I'm, I'm satisfied that it is And it's, it was It was part of my health routine Yeah um, And it's only had positive and impacts And what health benefits Do you think you get out of Mate, it? Mate I I can actually switch off at night. Yeah. I mean, so, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So I'll, I can have tough days and it's not, it's something that I check myself, you know, cause I'm really yeah. worried about, Oh, am I dependent on something or yeah. not? And I would never ever allow myself to be dependent on anything, but it is something that, um, I enjoy and makes my life better. And
0: I get to relax at night. I get to eat and then I go to sleep. Dude, uh, I'm 100% the exact same way. And you know what? I actually, so fuck, how long would I be smoking for now? It'd be like years now. I'm probably on two years. Yeah, I I'd be longer. I reckon now, like I've been home almost two years. But um, but yeah, like I for the first, like I pretty much always like once I started, I was like, this is really good. Like yeah. this helps me. Yeah. My problems are I don't sleep. So if I'm the if I don't smoke at night, I will I will be up till two o'clock every single no matter what yeah. every single night two two thirty three thirty and then i'll set my alarm for seven thirty because i fucking can't wake up later than that i'll sleep past that mm. if i don't have an alarm because i stayed up so late but yeah. i just can't call myself a productive human if i don't wake yeah. up uh, on I or think before 7 yeah, that's a good attitude yeah and uh, but the problem is and i'll work and like even mick the other night like i put the Supergross thing up it was like three o'clock in the morning and then he gets up in the morning and because he just got all the access to shit he's like yeah fuck what time are you up to last night are I you productive like, when you smoke yeah yeah oh, i'm not i can not so i think i can be and i cannot be yeah well i think it's the but way I make a choice <laughs> yeah it's yeah. the
1: way that i've introduced it into my life yeah um i've i don't do it socially um it's just part of my nightcap routine you know i know yeah. guys that have a whiskey and stuff before they go to bed now if if you condemn weed but you drink yeah, you're, you're on another plant, crazy. mate. Yeah, you are yeah. fucking stupid. Yeah, um, you know, like alcohol is way, way worse than um a plant that grows in the ground. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not productive on it at all. But I do think that's because but that's of my the appeal yeah, yeah the, the way yeah. that I've sort of introduced it into my life. I s I'm I only do it when when I'm ready to switch off for the day. Yeah, and then I you know I have only a little bit, and I make sure it's under control. You know, because I'm always uh, worried, but. Uh, I'm realizing there's nothing to be worried about yeah you know it's just so funny that um and then you know people find out if I you know if they find out I do vape and then they question it you can tell that they're just being brainwashed by just society yeah. at the moment yeah. but you know just like you said three to five years it's going to be completely mainstream so
0: and I look at the people around me that like so even my mom my mom would be like oh I'll smoke. and we've got a problem with drugs in our family which is a uh, that's that would be the real reason behind it is there's there's some yeah there's some problems with drugs and, and there's absolutely some people that that um marijuana doesn't agree with oh for
1: sure you know like fucking everything yeah, same as alcohol
0: yes but so i mean that i think that's like more her angle but then there's like all this stuff in her life that she struggles with like with like menopause and she's getting all these hot flushes and she can't sleep and like all this shit where i'm like just if you fucking smoke one little bowl with me at night you're gonna have the best night's sleep and like it's that's it's like changing a little bit like my dad we got i got like a cbd pen for my dad yeah so he's got like cbd oil because he struggles with his yeah. knees but so what i was saying before so i'd smoked for like fucking years man so and since i since i started has been there's been a lot of good stuff that's happened in my life and i think it's just come from the fact that it's it's let me balance some shit out a bit because yeah. i was working so fucking hard but not getting as much done mm-hmm. because i was just tired all the time yeah and i wasn't i didn't have motivation to go to the gym i wasn't really doing anything for, it, i just got in this mentality it was probably your swimming mentality but i have that for work yeah where right. it's just like yeah. the fucking more that you can do the better it's gonna be yeah and then people would be like oh fucking you know blah blah, blah. i'm just too busy i'm so bit." and i'd like i'd roll myself up and i thought like the more i thought i was busy the the more I must be busy. But I'm like, it's just not the case, dude. Like so then it was it was in the States where it was just you know, I didn't smoke weed until I was probably twenty four. And then once I did, it took me a while to actually enjoy it. I was like, oh, that's fucking shit. Because oh, it was yeah. just in a social experience. Yeah, right. And I was yeah. just like it slowed me down. I yeah. didn't talk as much. I wasn't yeah. being yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. Like I I didn't yeah. feel up myself. Yeah. But then um my ex my ex girlfriend's brother, he was just like a full stoner. Like mm. just Every night I got stone played video games. And then I got so fucking tired of not sleeping and then just working all the time. Yeah. And then I was living with this dude because I, I've never lived. That was the other thing. Like I never lived with a normal person. So like he had a job yeah, and then he finished at five and then he come home. Yeah and then he fucking smoked weed and played video games then he went to bed and then he did it all over again yeah I've lived with like Jay Reinenberg who's my old business partner and we were just fucking hustlers bro like just 24-7 like working on video projects I'd be editing he's pitching stuff like we're just on all the time traveling all over the world going all these races and then when we stopped working together and then I started working with Wes Mm. Wes is on another fucking level so Wes and me are just like we're doing the opposite we're taking fucking Adderall to stay awake and yeah, work.
1: That's an epidemic in the south. Yeah.
0: that in America is... That's yeah. like the craziest shit. But you know what? Fucking... If you want to get some shit done, take Adderall. No. And I'm not even joking. <laughs> no. I, had a, I had a video series that I had to do for Transmodo. And it was like 12 videos. And then I had to get on a plane to go to New York. And I just... Poor time management. Left it late. So anyway, I'd get up at like 5 in the morning. Mm. Take this Adderall. And my flight Dude. to... My flight to um, New York left San Diego at like nine. So I'd have to leave my house at six, 6.15 or something. Mm. So anyway, take this out at like 5.30 in the morning. I fucking worked nonstop, dude. I don't even remember getting up to take a piss. Fuck. I edited all 12 videos, which would have been like a like a weak project for me dude that's like <laughs> just a normal pe- i'm not even like, you're gonna I'm get not, people it's... hooked on this shit now i won't even well, take panadol even, man I'm like just, i barely i, I well, have like i don't, like any, I don't like
1: any prescription meds i don't like meds you know i barely even take that but yeah like that's why for for me
0: vaping at night was a big deal oh yeah, yeah.
1: Do, you, do you do cbd as well
0: yeah honestly so i don't i've got a cbd pen that I've got, and I don't know that it does, and as much. What for do you me mean by a CBD pen? Oh, like a vape pen. So I yeah, have right. It, like yeah. No, I, just have now, well, I've, like I take, take the
1: actual CBD oil. And so what do you
0: do with that? I just oral. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's.
1: I mean, the combination of the THC that I get from the vape. Yeah. So I just put the weed in and vape, vape the weed, and then I'll have. Um, I'll just put a little bit of just a rice grain. Yeah. Spit out of CBD oil. And um, so the THC puts me to sleep. The CBD keeps me asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have felt healthier and and better ever since, you know, including those into my health routine. Yeah. Um, You know, I've got a mate that he he has sleeping tablets every single night yeah, nah, and i, I fucking, hate nah. that I, so i I, that.
0: I had that dude when i was a kid man i fucking had insomnia like bad yeah and i couldn't sleep and i was it's hard was a, for me to comment because i
1: have i've never had real issues with sleeping but you know sometimes I with think the that, situation i'm in mean, my mind will tick over and uh but yeah the vaping and then it, i've only recently started the cbd oil as well yeah um and that that puts i'd be interested down i should
0: back to back mine versus yours because I I just Mm. don't I haven't had any other than the stuff that I've got yeah but like so I guess what i have fucking got keep getting distracted in these stories but since I started I hadn't really had any like extended period of time off yeah and then I was like oh my is it too much because I'm fucking brutally honest like I don't want to I'm the same as you I don't want to be a person that's dependent on something Mm. just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good and you can uh, alcohol cocaine all that shit like that's what you apply it to so i'm like I, I really need to be strict on myself because and especially with the family drug stuff of yeah. like uh, am i doing this too much is it actually benefiting my life and yeah. like so i almost was but like that's
1: good to you know yeah, to keep yeah. it in check and, and check
0: so i i said like well, I'll go to vietnam and no, i didn't have any in yeah. the house at yeah. all so like i'd finished everything by the time i went to vietnam flew to vietnam did that trip and then I come back and it was like two months yeah. where I had no weed yeah, at could, all Yeah, and I I know the fucking I know that i back to backed it yeah. I went back to working till three and I, I went back to some of these old habits that I now think are super counterproductive mm. like I need to be able to relax I need to turn yeah. and like what we were saying before like my mind's going all the time like I don't feel present but I feel like I can be more present and more into the moment, like the other night. Um, so I've just started, like pretty much this week is the first week I've started back smoking again. Yeah. And so we were watching. I just instead of like I actually had my laptop on on my lap, and then I was like, oh fuck, right. I'm closing my laptop. Smoked. Then I just put on a Netflix show. Yeah. And it's like I was just into it. I was really into the show, and I was like amazed by it. And it yeah, was, I know it was cool. Life like, really is that little bit better. Only you know. At, it when, can't be when all the, time's the time, right, time yeah though, when yeah. the
1: time's right yeah so for me it's at night and i enjoy food way more obviously yeah, yeah. um and i enjoy you know um just just watching tv and i i feel like i appreciate everything way more
0: yeah and but, it's um, good to be you know what is funny though about the cbd so like because do you, you don't get like super super high idea when you, you smoke there's no, no, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, When no. you smoke weed. Yeah, when I smoke, yeah, but the CBD doesn't have no, any THC. No. But in when it. you, so when you, do you ever just get like fucking properly cooked like, um, with weed? Um, oh, no. Yeah, no. so like, I like that shit every now and again. Yeah. Like, and so I'll, <laughs> yeah. sometimes I'll have like, I'll, um, I'll smoke a little bit To do like the wind down thing But I'm not just Fucking Gorn skis Yeah 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 And then like Right before bed I'll just fucking go See how far I can push this Yeah big (laughs) big time Big time And then just get into like the full fucking space so yeah like yeah. The, the crazy zone yeah because i like being there and and psychedelics that's where you go well yeah so that's I mean, where weed is so i mean i don't know whether you want to we'll see try, how like, i go on uh
1: tomorrow tomorrow
0: night how are you doing it tomorrow i'm doing night?
1: it tomorrow night yeah that's i'm doing this it. ayahuasca ceremony i can't, so. I can't I'll be
0: fucking calling you
1: because well you better call me on sunday just to make sure i'm still alive yeah, but sure i'm sure alive. i'm sure i'm gonna be
0: fine well i think like my advice for it and that's where like when people say weed's not a psychedelic like if you get crazy fucking stone and like have you ever had much edibles no um uh, once or twice maybe
1: um but yeah that's actually something that i, I actually you'd call me because i, I want to try and make some butter
0: yeah yeah, yeah. well, will do it's a it's a totally different thing and it's a bit more psychedelic i reckon yeah but like i don't know if you just smoke enough like if you smoke a whole fucking joint to yourself like you are gonna be pretty whacked yeah and you go into like that place because so the thing with psychedelics and like what you'll feel with the ayahuasca thing is you'll f- have you done ayahuasca nah, no no nah, yeah. but i've done a, other psychedelics dmt no so nah, i'm gonna do mushrooms this weekend though oh yeah yeah we, <laughs> we're all gonna do some decent mushrooms which is yeah. pretty fucking cool but i want i want to um i just haven't been around dmt like i have i would like to do it yeah i wonder if i want like i feel like i need to um have like another maybe this mushrooms thing will be good for that just because I feel like I want to just know that I could be in check because you've got to let go so like when you do your ayahuasca obviously it's just speaking to someone that hasn't done it but with my experience that I have had with that stuff you can't fight the feeling like when you know when people say like oh i smoke too much weed once or i had a panic attack or whatever i think that comes from like you're trying you're not letting go yeah Yeah. like yeah you, it's like reality, yeah, I've heard that, that, that reality slips away yeah and i've had that like i got fu- like when <laughs> when i first started smoking one of my mates is photo- one of the best action sports photographer in the world for mine and uh, he's just a he's one of those dudes that's like a functional stoner he's stoned all day all day every yeah, day not me no i'm not that guy either but um so anyway, we, we, we our car, our van broke down in Vegas And he had like a, a green, like a weed card from California Oh no He's way, like, yeah. oh, I'll go try buy some shit So anyway, we waited for like fucking ages um, So we bought, he bought all this shit And then we went, we finally got going By the time we got back, we are just like, fuck, we're gonna get on it So anyway, I just stu- stood out there, smoked a joint with him And I didn't think a lot of it But like this stuff was so fucking strong, bro Is that true? Oh, oh bro From a dispensary? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it is It's crazy strong Oh, it's way stronger over there wow. Way, way, yeah. way, 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 way stronger But yeah, so I'd smoke this joint And I was like And all legal Yeah, yeah it's yeah, all legal, legal. Yeah. yeah So, well, I mean I don't know, technically Well, what not about federal. that? It's, yeah, that's fucking
2: that,
1: that blew my mind I, I saw something about it And um, like Colorado it was legalized, so people, so st- people the thing opened. is, is it's
0: state legal. State legal. it's not federally That's legal. That's
1: disc- just, I want to know who that motherfucker was that pulled the trigger on those raids in Colorado. Uh, who was that? Who was, was that like, asshole? It was
0: probably like Jeff Sessions or something. Who was like- that
1: asshole that they knew that Colorado, the state, had made it legal. Yeah. So people open dispensaries completely legal, doing the right thing, you know? And then the fucking feds came in and raided their shops and stuff because it's because it's federally illegal. Yeah. Who was the
0: guy that pulled that trigger? What like, a dick. Have you ever met a dude that grows weed that's like an aggressive asshole? No. That grows like really good yeah. weed. Not, you know what I mean? But like really yeah, tender. It's just like, it's such a nice community off. of people. Yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, I had this one, that yeah, that one time and I like, I ended up, I was trying to just be cool. Like, you know, they're all just my friends. So I wasn't like, wasn't weird about him seeing me fucked up or anything like that. I just legit was like, oh, I can't. I was like, I can't swallow. And I'm like trying to like, <laughs> and I'm like fucking close. I'm like, oh, no. no. And uh, and then I was like, I can't fucking breathe. I can't breathe. I can't swallow. I felt like my throat was closing in. And then like full fucking paranoid stoner, like mm. Googling, like, does your throat get closed from smoke? Oh, I was like, man. I've had I'll some kind of, but like but what all it is is i was just like getting i was fucking high and i was struggling to accept and then everything tightens up you get tense and you're like Mm. and you start to freak out that instead of just like letting go and being like oh this is a different feeling and so that's why that's why sometimes i'll just get that baked because it's like i want to get that feeling of like it's almost like a mental gym in a way if that makes sense to where it's like (laughs) Because that's not the easy option Yeah, right, yeah So it's like you're looking You're like forced to move an uncomfortable weight That you don't want to move
1: Well, um, oh, I got the funniest story When I first ever did it like I, It took me a long time to make the decision to try it um, I bought a vape because I've never smoked it Because the only downside that I read was, Or that my research sort of told me Was smoking it, you know, the, the heat hurts your lungs Yeah. So vape, there's the answer so I bought a vape, you know, got my little bit of weed and that.
0: And I remember sitting down. Do you vape the herb? Yeah. 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 So you got like a PAX or something?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, I actually have one, but uh. I've also, but I got the Mighty as well. I want to try that. The and Bickle Mighty. Yeah. I want
0: to try it because I, um, uh, my friend I've had, well, actually I have tried it with Anthony, but I haven't consistently. Yeah. Done yeah. It well, I've got it. the PAX as well.
1: Uh. Um, but the first one I had was a haze. It was called a haze and um i remember like i put it in and then i had about six drawers like yeah you know and i swear to god man because i wasn't doing it just to get high yeah you know i, I was i was looking for all, all the health benefits that i wanted from it and um i had had about six drawers and then i remember i was just sitting there and i was like move yeah and i'm
0: like Trinity I don't want get to. Up. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, move. And I'm like, I
1: don't want to. And I, I hadn't realised. I forgot you get high. Yeah. yeah. I, because fo- I, I wasn't doing it for that reason. Yeah. I totally forgot that you get high. And um, and I remember sitting there going, holy shit. And I didn't know how much I had. So I'm like the first time i've ever been high i'm like trying to google like type into the phone oh. how much you know like how much should you have and and what's
0: it what's a lot or what i didn't know anything yeah um but i survived you always survive that's <laughs> no a, one dies that's the thing you gotta remember so like going into this weekend like that's the thing is like you you would just you've got to remember that like as uncomfortable or as as weird as it starts like yeah. hitting you or coming on or you've just got to Be like, all right, cool. This is what it's supposed to be. This is what it's supposed
1: to do. Well, I want that benefit of, you know, so many people say they have the experience, they do ayahuasca, they go through the ceremony, they have that experience, and then they come out of it with a whole new lease on life. You know, like I want to be able to appreciate the shit things that have been happening to me.
0: I would say as a piece of advice, don't go into there wanting a certain thing. Mm. Want whatever it gives you. Yeah, if yeah, that, right. If that makes sense, yeah. Like I've, I really, like I really think, like all my experience of doing psychedelics and anything like that mm. is just don't go in with a preconceived want or uh, an expectation because then you can be let down or yeah, and then you point. can you can let it change your experience yeah so like uh, i'm sure
1: having the benefit of having the shaman like proper showing it like i'm sure he's gonna like that's gonna help and i'm glad i'm doing it properly you know yeah
0: well that dude perfect example was um i got super cooked went into a float tank
1: yeah oh, and oh, I, I haven't would, done that yet yes. i've floated but i haven't done it baked yeah. yeah
0: so it's like it's fucking cool but um i want i was like stressed about all this work shit and i was stressed about this and that and then i went in there with like okay i'm gonna go in and i'm just gonna focus on um focus on these things and then all i thought about was jujitsu for an hour yeah i literally watched myself in third person do jujitsu yeah and it was like it was the sickest experience but it wasn't the one that i was like hoping to get Mm -hmm. and for at the start i was like oh i'm wasting my time fucking hell like i should be thinking about this but yeah I, I that's yeah get that's a good point that's dangerous yeah. to, to go and and want something out exactly. of it exactly so like i get and, what you're saying especially yeah. you know with the heavy stuff that you're dealing with mm. you know and it might be it's like when you say uh, I, d- I had deja vu the other night have you ever get deja vu yeah yeah so i had deja vu and then i said to ricky i was like oh i'm having deja vu and then i was like fuck I knew that whatever was come like I stopped it I stopped the yeah. thing that was that actually happened next by recognizing exactly. it exactly yeah. so like by yeah. saying because in my deja vu I was in bed and because I just got Hurley back yeah, my dog yeah, from yeah, America yeah, yeah, yeah. so then yeah. I just got him back and before he got to Australia I had this deja vu dreams type thing where he was laying in the exact same so everything was the same There's a candle in the room everything was the same and then he got up and then he moved and then I was to the point where he was just about to move and then I said, oh, I've got deja vu. Yeah. And then nothing else happened. It was just like, Crazy. everything got sucked away. Yeah. So I think the same thing can happen with like a, any kind of psychedelic experience or any kind of like intense like drug experience yeah. is if you start trying to change the change the road that you're going down, uh, it can kind of fuck with you, but it can also just stop what was supposed to happen happening. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think... Anytime you do those kind of things it's like that they have the, that it has their its own plan yeah and you shouldn't fuck with it yeah I and it might start going down a road yeah. that you're like well this doesn't relate to the problems that come to I fix address. Yeah, yeah right but just but like, yeah right it could out. be and yeah. by ch- by changing it that's a really yeah really good advice yeah so yeah. i think that anytime i've done anything like that where i'm going in and i'm like this is going to be pretty intense i just go in with that thinking of like don't change anything don't think about anything else just Mm. like just exist in that moment yeah so and that's where edibles are really cool because they they're pretty intense when you do like a lot of them yeah and you've really gotta like ride out the storm and it always ends (laughs) up it always ends up being like a whew. yeah well, I've never got to that point where I want to get off the ride, you know. Like, I've never yeah. got to that point where I'm like, oh, I've, oh, I don't want this anymore, you know. I think people should get to that point. Oh, I reckon, yeah. like, but really, like, I've got to that point of fucking done, time, done time, time, like, yeah. I want to go home. Want to go home. Yeah. Want to go home. Want to go. Pineapples, pineapples, <laughs> pineapples. pineapples. Pineapple. What is that? <laughs> That's a Kevin Hart's. Yeah, 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 Kevin Hart. His his safe word. Yeah, safe yeah. Pineapples, Pineapple, Yeah, but um, but nah, it's fucking. It's sick that it's sick that you're doing it. Yeah. oh yeah. I think it's. I think it's appropriate. And Byron too would be pretty cool
1: yeah yeah just thank god to my mate he's my mate has he's such a legend he's just um reached out over the last few weeks and we've been chatting heaps and um yeah really good guy
0: so you have you've obviously like i guess talked about some of the stuff that obviously you don't have to go into like detail but you've yeah. been struggling with um like some mental sort of side of what of everything like i don't know like how, <laughs> what are you digging at man <laughs> well like i don't know you said before yeah. that it's been good to give people advice and stuff like what what are you learning about at the moment
1: uh well i'm going yeah i haven't i haven't spoken about it much and i don't know whether it's appropriate to talk about it or not but people seem to respect when i sort of talk about it um i'm going through a really tough sort of divorce and, and this you know we we separated two years ago um, but it's, it's the, it's the financial side of things, um, that's dragging out, but also, you know, in terms of my daughter. Um, and that's, I've never experienced, you know, I used to roll my eyes at things like depression and anxiety. Yeah. And, um, you know, as soon as I started having frustrations in regards to my daughter and when I can see my daughter and, you know, um, yeah, certain things like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been super tough, man. And, and, um, I'm that statistic now, you know, I'm like father's rights and you know, that that sort of stuff. And there really is, man, like I've been disgusted. I've been absolutely appalled at the system, you know, the system's broken and, and, you know, stuff like that. And and I do, I feel like men, uh, we struggle as men and fathers just for equal rights. Like I just want to be, an equal and and my ex partner just just can't seem to get that uh, that uh, across that that thought that I am equal. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm not I'm not a caretaker. Like you can't just dictate everything in regards to the care of my daughter. Yeah. Um, and you know being in
0: especially that, when you're like a highly
1: functioning adult, I'm a good dad. You know, I might I might half understand it if I was some shitbag. Yeah. I'm a good dad I'm a a good person yeah yeah. Um, and uh, it's the most frustrating thing I've ever been through in my life Mm. Um, and I have gone in the depths of depression and anxiety and and been up at night just crying Um, and yeah I don't really think I've ever really spoken about this sort of stuff but um, I'm certainly not an expert on it but I've been through hell man Um, but yeah I guess exercise is is sort of the, the thing that keeps me in check And then certainly helps with everything. Um, but then yeah, my part of my health routine at night is when I, you know, uh, I've, I actually had a friend when I was in the depths of it, like really struggling. And a friend came up and she was hanging out and she said, I'm not going to leave. You. you know, I was just crying. She was helping me move out of my house and, and all this sort of stuff. And I was just there on the couch, uh, just in absolute mess. And, um, and then I vaped and she was like, oh, my God, I can see you now. Yeah. She's like you're okay now. And I'm like yeah, I guess so, you know. And I, it wasn't just cuz I was just stoned or anything, but it just sort of mellowed me out and and I guess you kind of just accept things as they are or or see yeah. them in a different light. But um as soon as I started opening up about this sort of stuff, man, like my social media and that was just going crazy because I, I think well, it's a, a crazy time that we live in. Yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of people are struggling, man.
0: Yeah, the meth do the messages that I get on here are like are so hard for me to even like respond to and it's not be, like i've definitely been depressed as fuck before like i've been in super bad situations mentally yeah but at the same time i still don't feel like qualified to speak on everyone's yeah, situation yeah yeah i be really, i really you
1: know i try and always stay in my lane and yeah, you know, yeah but and i guess my vehicle of dealing with it is fitness and if, if i can offer yeah. you know help to people that are struggling in in that regard through the vehicle of fitness or nutrition Um, then that makes me really happy you know and that's a new because that's a new new part of me Um, you know I was always just this swimmer guy this athlete guy that just wanted to train hard in the gym but now I've got this whole new side of me where I'm also using the vehicle of fitness to help people that that are struggling with mental issues
0: as well you know what we were saying before about like um, you know you'll know it's worth it or whatever like at the end of the road like once it's all sort of done and you're you're back to feeling 100% and yep. then like the situation's resolved. But like imagine if someone, like if someone come up to you now and said like, oh, because of what you say about depression, anxiety and fitness, you, you actually stopped me from killing myself. myself." Yeah, how powerful myself. is that? But then like, would you then accept this burden a bit easier? Would it make you feel a bit better about everything that you're going through? If yes. you knew you know and i think that
1: if it helps someone else down
0: the track yeah and i think that that might be a thing to sort of help you now yeah right take some solace in that yeah because it probably is true dude like you probably are helping people that are like way on the brink yeah you know and i think that i think that's you know that through some of the messages that i've got i'm like fuck man like maybe there's one dude out there that like because he heard something that robbie madison said or that you said he didn't fucking kill himself yeah then it's like that's a huge win for like
1: or it made him smile or made him have a realization yeah that's really cool and then it's
0: like so i mean you know as much as these burdens that you carry now they just fucking suck like Mm. they just feel like they suck the life out of you but it's like you know if you could take a bullet for your fucking someone, like, that's really what you're doing, man. You know, you're taking a bullet for these people that don't have a platform and don't, you know, they don't have the, you know, your success in an industry. They don't have your career. They don't have, you know, the physical ability, whatever it is, Mm. like, you know, you can kind of, if you frame it to where it's like, you're taking a bullet for these people and you're actually... By going through what you're doing You're saving mm. Them that That same struggle And it's like Because what it's given you Is the ability to understand Like you said You, didn't, you thought it was all Fucking weirdness The depression anxiety thing mm. And it's like You know Now that you've gone through this You're able to be a person That can You know in like institute change and it's like fuck it and if someone told like right now it's like wishy-washy like oh maybe someone has maybe someone hasn't but just think like if someone did come up to you and definitively said like if you didn't go through this shit Mm. with your ex I'd be dead yeah then you'd probably go that would be like
1: incredible and awesome but I guess you know. It make being you chatting, feel worth it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be like, well, fuck, it's going it wasn't to that anyway, bad, mate, because know? it's all yeah. about mindset. I'm going to feel like that anyway. I know I am. Yeah. Um. I am really looking forward to that. I'm, I'm lying right now, as in saying that I know that it's. Uh. Or well, sorry, I'm not lying,
0: but but you believe it. I'm that not you there. Don't know it. I yeah. know. I yeah. know
1: that sooner or later, I'm going to be thankful for everything that's happened. I'm going to be a stronger, more resilient person. I'm going to have a better lease and outlook on life. I'm not there yet. I can't wait till I get there. I know I'm going to get there.
0: Yeah. Oh, and and it's just, it's just the fucking nature of it. And it's like, you almost can't lose a race. You don't quit. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, mate. Yeah. Because that's what this life is. This or that, life even isn't. that,
1: that principle, like just 1% better every week. Yeah. You know, 1% better every day. Just, you know, just consistency, man.
0: And then comparing it to like how you were not to where you want to be. Yeah. Is key as well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's you know that's sort of one thing that I always try and think of is like that's where I get like you know with different policies and different like you know like the gun thing or whatever it's like fuck if it saves one life isn't it worth it mm. like if you could fully know that by making a certain kind of gun illegal it might not, might not stop everyone fucking dying it might not stop every mass shooting that mm. it happens it might not but fuck if it means one kid little Sally doesn't fucking oh, die oh shit then it's (laughs) like this is a scary rabbit hole but isn't it what you know but i try try and apply that thinking to everything yeah and it it, just to like justify shit that seems because that's what it is like when you get depressed it's it's a big problem it's not like there's not this one thing so it's like i try I, i try and apply like these extreme ways of thinking yeah right that it's like well if this was the case put it on a huge scale put it on like this insane scale that then you can reduce down to like some really small insignificant thing that Mm -hmm. would actually really matter yeah that like doesn't seem that big of a deal to like yeah if someone said because you went through this and you talked about it i didn't kill myself yeah Yeah. and then you'd be like so would you go through it all again if it if you knew that i'd die as a result of it then you go fuck no it wasn't that big of a deal yeah so, you know, and it's it sounds silly and it doesn't help the feelings at the time, but it's like, I, I feel like it can give a bit of perspective to like big and problems. And victim
1: mentality. And, yeah. yeah,
0: and it's like, because I think that's maybe some of the problem is like these these things that you deal with seem so big. You're like, this will not, and it, it won't get better today. It won't mm-hmm. get better tomorrow. It won't get better the next day. It won't get better the day after that. Yeah. And you know that, and that's a fucking sucky way to live. This shit has dragged on
1: just stupid like stupid amount yeah but again it's I'm been only, the whole I'm, time i've known you yeah you don't know me yeah I was like say, you've I don't met know, me man yeah. you like you've only met the ryan that's dealing with a whole heap of shit well you're still a good cunt I, I like so, it, so. <laughs> so
0: that's something are you still doing the me. houseboat thing
1: yeah when's that all going well down? that you know that's all part of my process man so that's so exciting um i'm moving on to a houseboat um, i'm on a boat it's it's more of a house than it is a boat it's yeah. definitely like an apartment on board it's fucking awesome it's so and gangster am, i'm like actually jealous it, of it it's basically making the best of a bad situation because of all the everything is going on you know i'm selling the house i'm getting out and i need a fucking change man yeah. like and i told you like just today um that experience living in malta and doing what i did and being solo for so long um i've always wanted a different Lifestyle. I've always mm. wanted a different kind of house and, you know, different, you know, uh, and this is the answer. And I'm, I'm so excited about that, man. I hope it all works out. I'm pretty sure it's going to work out. I know better than to count my chickens before they hatch, yeah, but, true, um, true. yeah, it's a pretty solid deal. And, um. I'm looking forward to to that different kind of lifestyle, man. So don't be surprised if you see me hanging out on the broadwater or in the tweet or something, just cruising on this boat. I'm getting into fishing heaps. I'm um I'm have gonna be spending a lot of time. Here. Yeah, and I bought all the spear fishing gear. I can't wait to get into spear fishing. So I've yeah. got a whole kit. I just um I haven't gone yet. I have gone swimming a few times and obviously I think I've got a bit of a leg up. You can swim. Because right. I can swim. Yeah. yeah, I can swim all right. Um and and the breath hold sort of stuff with free dive in, so i do that okay yeah um but i'm really looking forward i think that's going to be my new thing actually yeah um there's some six spots to do it out here yeah yeah well um yeah i've sort of identified a few places where i can go and um but yeah this whole this whole i'm moving on a house but i'm going full aquaman that's fucking sick yeah, Dude, yeah.
0: You, one of the things too that like obviously to fucking keep talking about jiu too but like the whole like white belt thing I think there's it's something so important about being a white belt at something.
1: Yes, mate. All the time. Yes, you like, are so, you you should be a beginner at something and not be fucking scared of being oh, a beginner. That's something that I've said for years and and I love being shit at stuff and and trying new stuff and not having any, you know, any barriers to entry just because I haven't done it before I
0: might not be good at
1: it. The best thing is being
0: a beginner. Oh, dude, and man, the fucking like I think a lot of the t- a lot of the negativity and a lot of that shit like people just don't have a lot of purpose. Yeah, and so many you people. Know, yeah, well,
1: so th- many people don't commit to doing anything because they don't want to be be a beginner or you know might be later in life when they're in their mid thirties, late forties, yeah. you know,
0: whatever. Fuck that, man! I'm always gonna try new yeah. shit because, dude, the gratification that comes from like I am like i technically still a white belt, but it's like from the day I fucking walked in the gym. I am a different human being, Come, fucking different. Mm. Like that, if the if the me from a year ago walked into the gym right now, that dude would go, "What the fuck? How am I supposed? I can't do that." Yeah, you know. I think it's so healthy to to, to, to be a beginner to, and stuff. And that's the same. Was like so when you said the the spearfishing thing, like I'm excited for you because yeah, that's going back to a white belt. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you've you've achieved so much as a swimmer. And then you've achieved a lot as a personal trainer, and you're a fit dude, and it's like you're at a maintenance phase of like keeping smashing these goals. But it's you're not a white belt at that anymore. Mm. But it's like to to go back to be to be at a stage of like getting humbled. Yeah, is so fucking important. I think it's and so then important too. you there's like this double edged sort of you get humbled, but then you also start to achieve because at the start of that curve, anytime you start something new. That's the most accelerated rate of learning learning. that you're going to experience in that. Yeah. The The leaps and bounds. Exactly. And there's so much satisfaction in those big moments because they start happening way more frequently Mm. than um, anything else in your life that you're already good at. Yeah. So it's like that mentality and that's when you said, you know, I'm getting into the Spearfishing and the but it's like you look how excited you Straight are, away, like, yeah. I felt it too. I felt it too. I
1: felt myself smiling as soon as I started talking about that. I need, yeah, dude, I need a big, big change, and that's what this year's about for me, yeah. And all my athletes and, and clients know it, and we are having an awesome time, um, with the program and everything I'm doing at the moment,
0: yeah. So, how can people get involved in that program? What would they do?
1: Um, this is this a shout out yes, to myself? just a shameless plug. Um, yeah, shameless plug. Um, no, well, Instagram is is my go-to these days. That's yeah. just at, um on Instagram, right? yeah. at At Ryan.Gamban. Um And then my website is rgstrength.com. Mm-hmm and um everything's up on there and i oh, can't
0: wait man before you go mm-hmm. i need to ask you um so what we were talking about before about like so me training right yeah so what would be the what the recommended dose of strength and conditioning to see some results so like if i'm looking at a thing where it's like i'm training six days a week yeah and now i need x amount of strength sessions which is your recommendation yeah. and then i've then got to look at my week and figure out what i drop off and what i you know, to fit in my macros of training, of training wise. Yeah. So like, what would you think?
1: Well, strength training, uh, my foundation, are always the big four. So you got a squat, you got a deadlift, you got a bench, you got an overhead press. Um, And then there's a couple of supplementary exercises that go around them. So however you could fit them into a program. So usually I would need a minimum of two days, preferably three days, you know? So I think that's plenty for, for an athlete that's competing at a sport um, to spend in the gym two to three days, you know, when you're looking at your four and five days, that's getting really quite advanced. But yeah. you can make some serious strength gains in just... Because I'm a minimum effective dose guy. And that's, you know, the parade is a little yeah. the two, 20% sort of thing. So I really just focus on the, on the bang for buck stuff. So that's why you got to squat, you got to deadlift, you got to press. Um, and I can fit that in easily into a two or a three-day program. And then how tired do you think you'll be after that? I So my athletes don't walk out of the gym tired. Yeah, okay. They walk out of the gym feeling like better, yeah, 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 better, because yeah. most of my athletes, people that are attracted to me, are usually in power-based sports, yeah, um, and that's where I really, that's where I, I, you know, that's my jam. I like power. I like vertical jump. I like increasing people's um, ground reaction force. Yeah, so um, the ability to create energy into the ground and explode off the ground, so through their structures and frames, and and the energy that they can create and also receive. Um, I can easily do that in two three sessions a week.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I find... So, I do outside of the gym what I say I would put the most effort into, which I don't... I could do more, mm. but is mobility. Yeah. So, I have... I'm like really fucking big into like the lacrosse ball the I've got the so right have you seen that Yeah, you've got one have you yeah have you ever tried it
1: no but I I mean I kind of do a similar thing with a kettlebell Uh, so I lay on a kettlebell
0: uh, okay yeah you come try it after yeah 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 um but yeah so I do that and then I obviously foam roll but I don't foam roll that much I find the lacrosse ball is like my biggest thing yeah and I'm i'll spend that's the that is actually the best thing that's what i'll do when i get stoned is I'll oh just yeah right fuck dude that is i always the have shit. good
1: intentions like i'll be like oh okay i might might have a vape and then i'll have a stretch yeah but then i get stuck on the couch i get couch lock
0: yeah dude no nah, yeah. i'm telling you to to do that stoned it makes the pain different. yeah it makes oh yeah whole, i would i would believe that yeah, yeah that's so that's but, actually um, that's my favorite thing to do basically yeah. but so that would be what i'd be really interested in as well because like especially like retaining guard if you can bring your legs yeah. or like if you if i can get my knee to my collarbone with very little resistance and then yeah. that internal rotation with like my hips yeah and you know what i mean well, so it's like that to me would i would see as like a massive benefit as well and it's like i don't know that i'm training my mobility or if i'm doing things that would get enhance that i think that the stress the like a big one has been well, there at the back of my shoulder with the lacrosse ball yeah i've fixed all of the impingements in my shoulders just by the lacrosse ball being in the back of my uh, just trigger pointing yeah trigger scat. pointing that yeah. and then like dude the fucking range i thought i was gonna have to have a shoulder surgery yeah right like this shoulder i couldn't straighten it but it had just it felt like there was a bone chip in mm. the front of my joint and it was from this muscle behind it being tight, and that's from just self exploration with this massage board Yeah. and like putting in a lot of hours on the ground.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, like one of one of my big things is mobility, and I'm always complimented um, for my mo- yeah, mobility yeah, yeah. at my size. Um, and a huge misconception is strength training will make you less mobile. Um, not moving. Will make you less mobile And strength training When you train a full range of motion Makes you more mobile Because you are moving Mm. Um, There is something to be said About flexibility um, Being a Well I I don't think I'm that flexible dude Well I don't want to come across In the wrong wrong way But uh, Athletes Need to be flexible enough To perform the tasks That they have to perform When you're more flexible Than that It doesn't really matter Yeah You know So it's not something That you have to Mobility comes quite easily to me because before I train, I force myself to do mobility exercises. So I spend time in a deep squat. I do down dog. I do mobility flows. So part of my training, I love my training routine. I do a little bit of light cardio. I do mobility work and it'll be like a flow. So it'll be a three to five minute flow of down dog to seated, to stretch, you know, to movement. And it's just movement based stuff. Um, and that's that's why I can move because I keep moving. Yeah. So many people can't sit in a deep squat comfortably. Yeah. With posture and sit down in a full squat. So many people can't do it because we don't, do, don't it. do it. Yeah. Right. So you won't find an Asian that has to when they go to the toilet they they do a deep squat. Yeah. You won't find an Asian with tight hips. No. Because they regularly are in a deep squat. Yeah. But, but they're, they're not when, doing mobility training. Yeah. And, and Blossom is is a beautiful example. My daughter Blossom, who's only five. Um, she can sit in a deep squat with posture and play you know all day and then i say when will she not be able to do that when she stops doing it when she stops doing yeah. it and but if she keeps doing it she'll be able to do it forever you know and just like me people are surprised that i can sit in a deep squat and maintain it and i could literally sit there all day comfortably yeah and then i'll have people that you would assume like yourself maybe you know would you would sit next to me you would assume that you're more flexible than me yeah but you Probably not because I am regularly experiencing all those different ranges of motion. Movement really is medicine.
0: Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I didn't want to come across wrong and say because you can't. Well, I think that flexibility and mobility are pretty in- independent of each other. Yeah. Because I get told all the time when people are like, even last night, like goes like, "Oh, he's so flexible," and it's like a backhanded compliment in a way. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm not that flexible, but I feel like I have dexterity and. Uh, certain range yeah. of motion in joints and yeah, stuff so you
1: obviously know the difference between yeah, mobility and flexibility yeah so, and yeah. i
0: think that people get it confused because yeah. i need to work i well, think my, it's the same thing yeah you know? and yeah. i'm not flexible like i can bet on my left hamstring i can barely touch my toes yeah if I've we got, were to
1: do say range of motion tests where you know i, sh- I get you to touch your toes you yeah. know or you do it dynamically with movement and you'd
0: probably be sweet but when someone's pushing down and like they're Forcing my hip to go a certain way like there is there is a weird mobility and dexterity that i got yeah but i I would think that you know i would benefit even more and more and more from more mobility and being out of doesn't take a lot man if you have
1: again bang for buck like again minimum effective dose like what are the key things that you could do that will address that you can sort your mobility out in two to three minutes just before you train.
0: Well, you know what I did, dude? So when I was up in Cairns, uh, there's a sick gym and uh, they're called Fusion Fight and Sport for anyone that's up there. Um, And at the start of all of their jujitsu classes the coach garrett's fucking super nice dude he does a five minute yoga for bjj thing yeah and like dude and just flows through. oh yeah and yeah, i felt cool. like a bag of dicks when i walked <laughs> in the gym like i was like it was early i had to yeah i had to get up at five to get there for the six o'clock class yeah and I was just like, hadn't yeah. eaten, hadn't had a coffee. I was felt like a fucking yeah bag of dicks. You're talking about who gets up at four every morning. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's like you got to sleep in. Uh, but so we uh, we did this uh, five minute yoga deal. And I felt ready to fucking rip. Yeah. And then I can't remember all of it, but I can remember like quite a bit of it. And now before class, I'm doing my weird fucking yoga shit. Yeah. And like, it's just, I felt so much more mobile. I felt like, Mm. it's like if your hips need to breathe or if you need to like pull pull shit out so that new blood or whatever gets in there and lubes it all up, Yeah. I felt lubricated.
1: A lot of my mobility routines, I've got five strict mobility routines that I do all two to three minutes long. Um, a lot of it has been influenced from the stuff that I've done at jiu-jitsu and yoga yeah. and then my own little spin on things as well
0: yeah yeah well that I think that would be something that would benefit but yeah I think that they're the questions I've had in terms of like how many sessions would I need to do how much would that take away from my skill-based training yeah and then you gotta suck it up and just come yeah no I will next week well, I'll come fun. then let's yeah. do a three-day thing next week yeah. and then I'll just fucking see how I feel But um, but yeah that's almost three hours bro holy was there anything else We co- I think we've covered everything that we uh, I think this was a better chat than the last one too yeah I was in a weird mood that I don't know why like the, it was the first podcast I've ever done where so me and Mick went to dinner yeah. straight after it and Mick was just like fuck he's such a nice dude and man should I ask this and should I yeah, and he sent me a message after yeah, he, yeah
1: he was so nice man
0: and I, I was just like dude I really I just didn't feel like I was on my A game of this yeah. and it was like the first time where I was like Fuck! I wish I could redo that. Well, we tend to go funny. really long. Like I didn't realize that was three hours. Goes Jesus. so quick. Yeah. yeah, I had to look at it then. I look at the little stopwatch down yeah, there. Let's wrap um, this sucker up, dude. What were no? Before we go, because <laughs> when you finished last time, yeah, Mick asked what you ate for breakfast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then I was like, "Fuck! I wish we recorded that." I almost forgot again, but like, you'll well, tell people your breakfast smoothie and breakfast well,
1: routine. Well, my routine is so I wake up in the morning. I've been doing it forever. Um, so I wake up in the morning, I, I like either fish or steak. So I'll rotate fish or, or steak in the morning. I just have spinach in with that. Yeah. Um, so I, I could do this shit with my eyes closed. So I wake up in the morning, I dump half a bag of spinach, um, orange juice and a carrot and some Himalayan um, sea salt in my blender. I'll blend that up and I'll scull that straight away, just straight down the hatch. Then wash Does it taste it.
0: that bad, or are you just no? Used to it's it? good. Yeah, yeah, it tastes
1: like orange juice because I just use the yeah, orange juice, yeah, yeah, blend yeah. up the spinach and and the carrot, um, and then smash the, the bit of I'm do that in salt the as well. I just scull that straight away. I'm lucky. I've got a really good blender. I've got a Vitamix. If I had to take one thing out of my house with me, it would be that blender because yeah. I use it twice a day, every single day. Yeah, right. So that's what I do. I drag my feet out of bed. I, I blend up the spinach, carrot, and um, orange juice. Scull that. And then i wash that out and get it ready for my next sort of shakes. While I'm doing that, I'll be cooking, I'll turn the pan on and i cook um, either my fish and spinach or my steak and spinach. So essentially you're having a bag of spinach every morning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even think of, it. plus, yeah, yeah. So spinach spinach is like my go-to green. Um, and then my next shake, which yeah, they you, you like, is um, I actually, the night before, I'll crack and cook 15 eggs. Um, I just scramble them so and I just cook them in the microwave. I probably shouldn't. I'd rather cook them but time poor. Uh, then I put it in the fridge so that in the morning I wake up, the eggs are there. They're just in a glass container. I chuck that. So after I've cleaned out the blender from the first spinach shake, I'll clean that out and then I'll throw the eggs in, three scoops of protein, um, tub of cottage cheese, two frozen bananas, handful of blueberries, more spinach, um... A little bit of honey, a little bit of peanut butter, blast that, and that's enough to make three shakes. Yeah, um, and it's just been a bit of a hack that I've gotten into over the years because the I'm time in. poor yeah. and I need. yet. Yeah, so I, you know, I try and consume about six thousand calories a day, so that goes a long way in helping that. Now, if you divide that over, say, three meals, that would be me sitting down to eat five eggs some spinach some blueberries some banana um, some cottage cheese so that that would be a very nutrient dense healthy meal yeah i just prefer to blend it all up together and just skull it it doesn't taste bad at all um and then there's basically my three and free plan so i have you know my breakfast in the morning i have my shake and then i have um basically like a mash like just um mints and rice just a very simple protein and carbohydrate based sort of lunch yeah then after i've gotten those dense nutrients into me i am quite happy and satisfied to eat whatever the hell i want for the rest of the day which is usually I'll just get home from work And I'll have Not every night I'll have a pizza or something But do you know what I mean Dude like, I
0: haven't had pizza In so fucking long Pizza's my go-to I'm to. kind of
1: craving pizza now I don't, Yeah I don't, I'm not I don't, a good cook dude I'm, I'm a I'm a terrible cook So I'll I'll eat out most nights I've got to swing a shout out To Fat Chicken in, um, in Burley Oh where are uh, they? Oh man So near my place Sort of uh, West Burley Yeah They were voted um, Best chips on the Gold Coast Really? And they, they are man They're the best And What else Paul, do they do? Yeah. Well, like all chicken. So they just do roast whole chicken. Oh, like a rotisserie sort of joint. Yeah, Yeah, man. Just the best. What are they called again? Fat chicken. Fat chicken. In West Burley. I'll write that down because I'll for sure forget. Yeah, hit up Paulie. He's the best. And uh, he makes me like chicken wings and stuff. And oh, man. And that that'll be like my go-to for dinner yeah
0: right yeah yeah go suss them out yeah um yeah well i reckon uh yeah next week i don't have to go anywhere that's my big thing is i'm just like been going a lot of places yeah but like uh yeah i'm definitely starting to think more and more about the the training side of it and I think nutrition-wise, I do pretty well. Like eating, I never, you know, like today the, the other thing is i always eat leftovers. Mm. So I'm very rarely doing like a shit meal. Yeah. Like I, I'm pretty much always eating well. Yeah. um, But I think that I could probably do the shakes a little bit better just to get a little bit more um in and then the biggest thing i struggle with is dehydration like i was literally in hospital saturday because oh, i have
1: the best product ever really yeah element l-m-n-t yeah um, on instagram they're called drink element um i have never had a product so mark my words uh sodium is going to be the next big performance enhancer you remember when like gatorade and powerade sort yeah. of came out and it was all about carbohydrates Well, you know, they're not addressing your
0: electrolyte needs. So, well, sodium is what basically sucks the water and keeps the water in your system. Well,
1: what when you're like when performance wise and and when you're thirsty, like you're craving electrolytes, not just water on its own, not just and certainly not carbohydrates. And this company have basically taken all the science and research that everyone's been reading over the last few years and they've combined sodium with magnesium. Um, and and basically just a little tear, tear packet and you just tip it into your water. And the best sort of um, evidence that I had that it was a really good product was I go, you know, I go out camping and dirt bike riding. Yeah. And I do that over a whole weekend. So I'll ride Friday afternoon, ride Saturday morning, ride Saturday afternoon, ride Sunday morning. Then I've got to pack up and go home. Well, when I get home, I'm exhausted. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's as you know, it's hard, right? Well, yeah. Hard work riding dirt bikes. Um, and I'll be exhausted. Well, after this weekend and I had that product and I probably drank, I had like two sachets a day. I remember I was putting my bike away and because I remember how much it sucks when I put my bike away, I'm always dragging yeah, my like feet. Cramping up and, and, shit. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, holy shit, I feel so good. I feel like I wasn't even out and the only difference was was this element product um so i am a massive fan i mean i'm not endorsed by them or anything but um i'm a massive fan of that
0: product yeah 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 all right well that's my that's my biggest thing like i literally i was in hospital saturday because i got dehydrated and with my kidney being the way that it is once i got to a certain point of dehydration i just start vomiting yeah right and then i was like i got out so i went for a surf sunday and then I was in there and, like, my back was cramping, my shoulders were cramping, and I felt, like, dizzy. I just... I felt... It was fucking sketchy. And then I was like, all right, I'm going in. I walked in. As soon as I got to the beach, I started throwing up. Oh, whoa. I was like, fuck. And then I, I had a... I woke up with a headache, which is also a sign that I'm not drinking enough yeah. water. But all week I felt shit. But I was just... I was fucking busy. And I was stressed all week. And I just didn't think about water Didn't at recognize all. that you went I to. I just yeah. didn't really think of the symptoms. And yeah. then, yeah. Like, I just my mind was on so much other shit that i literally made myself sick yeah so then anyway i get home from surfing and it's just like throw up throw up throw up ricky had to go especially how
1: much you sweat during jujitsu and stuff as well and that's the
0: problem i've got to get you some of these sachets yeah Yeah. i'll I'll, I'll look them up yeah. yeah yeah but um and and i just i've struggled to just drink straight water but um anyway so like i was throwing up and then by the time ricky got home i was fucked bro i couldn't even stand up properly like my back and abs and stuff was so cramped yeah that i couldn't i was like struggling to breathe and i couldn't even stand up properly Fuck. so then i went in a couple of bags of fluid and some um anti-nausea stuff so i yeah. stopped vomiting Whoa. but like that's how dehydrated i got that's bad. so yeah that's bad. bad. you probably took away a couple of years doing that dude for real yeah like they run some tests and they're like oh it's not your kidneys not all the way good now yeah so like that's my biggest thing i need to i need help with i mean i don't need help i just need to fucking drink water but yeah, there's i, I need to have some a product that makes me drink water easier and like helps me out so i'll definitely look them up yeah but um dude this was a way better podcast than the first one and that's my fault not yours i, was, okay. I wasn't i just i don't know i wasn't fucking yeah anyway the stresses of it all but um i'm really glad that you uh made the time to come back and yeah thanks man um, i think we covered everything and more that we uh didn't cover you think we covered all, everything well we have to within three hours man yeah, i've got yeah. nothing left to tell <laughs> uh, all right well um yeah i'll talk to you real soon and Thanks, uh, we'll bro. put this out i'm literally gonna put this out right now cool sweet bro cheers man